You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to episode 69 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and everything else surrounding Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, as well as Rogue One and Star Wars Rebels and all the upcoming uh, projects in the Star Wars universe. But right now, mainly just The Force Awakens, as we are three we- less than three weeks away from the movie coming out. Um, man, just super exciting right now. We are, uh, you know, just excited to be back talking about this stuff with you. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? I'm doing good. And a little bit surprised, too, that we were able to manage to put our controllers down and step away from Star Wars Battlefront to record this podcast. So. Yes, I was about to say, we're, we're probably going to try to stay away from another uh, three-hour marathon episode here because we want to get back to playing some more Battlefront. But, um, man, I mean... We're just in this crazy blitz right now of oh, yeah. uh, of Star Wars stuff. Um, and yeah, of course, with Battlefront coming out, we've been having a ton of fun playing that. And uh, we will give you guys some more um, in-depth uh, thoughts and reviews on that later in the episode. Um, actually, you know, before we get too much into the Star Wars stuff, I uh, just want to mention something else about our uh, Thunderquack podcast network that we're a part of. Um, we're doing a, uh, a holiday raffle giveaway kind of thing um, for our Patreon supporters um, and for those of you who haven't heard of Patreon, I think we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, it's this website that basically we use to support the podcast and people can make donations and that goes towards our web hosting uh, for, you know, our website and the the storage space for our podcast episodes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so for everyone who uh, pledges at least $1 or more on the Patreon page, um, between now and December 18th, you'll be entered into a drawing for a prize pack. Um, and we're announcing uh, one new prize every week that's going to be uh, part of this big bundle that you can win. Um, and so far, uh, the, the prizes that um, we've announced have been a $25 Amazon gift certificate and a digital copy of Jurassic Park. Um, and we still got two more prizes to announce over the next couple weeks. Um, obviously, we don't do... 
weekly episodes with our podcast, but uh, we will be um, you know posting those updates on our Facebook and Twitter page as well, um, so you can keep an eye on that. Um, and then probably with our next episode, uh, we'll we'll talk about the those last two prizes because we will do um, one more. We'll be doing one more short episode before the Force Awakens comes out. Um, we've already decided, like, this is episode 69, we're going to do a short one and call it 69 and a half, and then episode 70 <laughs> will be the episode 7 podcast after the movie comes out. Um, and man, I mean, like I said, we're we're less than three weeks away from the movie. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Especially, you were mentioning this earlier, too, how the night we're recording this is exactly a year ago, we got the first teaser trailer, and that just seems like it was yesterday, <laughs> and to think about that and then also knowing like you said we're just under three weeks from seeing episode seven it's just really like mind-blowing right now to think where we're at going back to october 2012 when we first got this announcement and we're so close (laughs) to seeing the new star wars movie man oh man yeah i mean honestly it does not feel like we've been doing this podcast for three years nope um but it does feel like we've been waiting for this movie for a long time and the fact that i mean it's coming out in three weeks is and it it really hasn't sunk in for me yet um especially because those three weeks are gonna fly by i mean i know work has been busy for me lately and we got the holidays going on and i'm going out to disneyland next week um and so you know there's just a lot of other stuff going on and next thing you know you're gonna look up and be like oh star wars comes out in like three days or something like that um and oh man it it's ridiculous See, I'm in a weird state right now where I agree with what you said. It's probably going to go by quick because these last few months have been, <laughs> really. And But at the same time, when I think about it, oh, we're still in November. Once we get to December, hopefully it's all start feeling like... I, I just wanted to get here really quick because we're getting TV spots. We're getting behind-the-scenes looks. We're getting tons of stuff that's being thrown at us, and it just makes you want to see the movie like right now. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we still got a ways to go. So it goes back to that old cliche saying like so close but yet so far (laughs) yeah yeah but again i mean our last episode we were six weeks away and that doesn't even seem like that long ago so you think about in the same span of time from our last episode till now we'll be doing our movie review episode yeah (laughs) like oh my gosh it is just it's crazy man it's crazy yeah i just Um, can't think about too much as far as days and numbers go (laughs) yeah when you think uh, it's only December first, we still got to wait till December seventeenth. If you're going to the Thursday screenings, if you think like that, it might take a little, it might seem longer. But in reality, like you said, it's going to fly by. Especially with we keep busy with different stuff like mm-hmm. Battlefront and other activities that we're going to do. So yeah, well, and obviously, I mean, for me, like I'm still keeping track of the days and everything. Um, I'm not trying to just like bury my head in the sand and wait till the day gets here. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not just like spending all day staring at the calendar, waiting for another day (laughs) to tick by. Like, you know, like I said, I got work, I've been playing a ton of battlefront, you know, all this kind of stuff. The weeks are going by pretty quickly anyways. So, um, yeah, we got to enjoy it also too, because like I've said before, half of the fun of a new star Wars movie is the lead up to it. Yeah. What we've been doing the last three years. So got to enjoy it now because even though we're going to be doing it for, Every Star Wars movie that comes in, that comes out in the future, there's nothing quite like doing it for like the first one that's kicking off a new trilogy and just reinvigorating the franchise again with the anthology films and all that. So this this one's always going to be special and unique compared to all the rest that's going to come. So oh, absolutely, gotta enjoy it while we can. So we got three more weeks of enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think 
like there there will never be another Star Wars movie like this probably just in terms of the amount of hype surrounding it and all that kind of thing because I mean for the prequels people knew those were coming eventually you know I mean and there was probably just as much hype for the Phantom Menace as there is for episode 7 because people yeah, have been yeah. waiting for that for so long but it was a totally different type of feel to it um where I mean, for one thing, you know, the internet has changed the way that we, you know, see all these TV spots and the way that people interact and and share their excitement about it and everything. But um, at the same time, like I said, you know, it, it's just the difference between uh, people having waited so long for the prequels um, and you know waiting to kind of finish the the beginning of the story and find out what happened in episodes one, two, and three when they already got when they had already gotten four, five, and six. But with episode seven, like people didn't expect there to be in episode seven. I mean, some people did. And, you know, there had always been rumors that George was planning to make another one. And then he'd said he never planned to make another one. And that, you know, the story ended with Vader and so on and so forth. But then, I mean, that day that we found out, you know, three years ago that there was going to be an episode seven, it came out of nowhere and like nobody had expected it. And so, um, I mean, it's, it's almost this chance to start fresh. It's like, oh, we weren't expecting new Star Wars, but we're getting new Star Wars. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, and, and I mean, a lot of people were kind of skeptical at first. Um, I mean, even for myself, like I was excited at first, but at the same time, you know, I, I was maybe a little bit skeptical of Disney taking over and, um, you know, I, I sort of was like, I'm going to be, I was trying to be cautiously optimistic. I didn't want to like jump on board the hype train before we had any really seen anything that was worthy of getting hyped about. Um, and remember too, like the months after that was all bad news. Like Lucas, Lucas, yeah. down. Clone Wars got canceled and all that. Yeah. That, it, yeah. Now that I think about it, it didn't really get off to the best kind of start. Um, but then, yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I was trying not to get too hyped up about the movie and, and fall for the hype until we had seen stuff that was really worth getting excited about. And now that we've seen all these trailers and TV spots and everything, um, I, I think we can safely say it's worth getting excited about, um, oh. at least from what we've seen so far. I mean, and obviously with all the trailer review episodes that we've done and stuff, we have definitely uh, gotten on board with all the hype and stuff now. But um Man, yeah, just thinking back on this this whole three year journey, and it's like we started three years ago, and we've got three weeks to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's nuts, and obviously, you know, we'll we'll still keep doing the podcast after that, and be talking about Rogue One and everything like that. But this just feels like, um, you know, a, a huge milestone, obviously, because uh, you know when we started the podcast, we weren't thinking about Rogue One or. Uh, you know, episode eight or anything like that. It's like, this is going to be a podcast to talk about episode seven before it comes out. And we're three weeks away from that. Yeah. <laughs> like almost at that point where this is what we started the podcast for. <laughs> we're almost at the pinnacle. But yeah. like I said, it's still going to continue on, which makes it even better really. Yeah. Um, but man, I mean, and, and of course with the movie being so close now, the marketing is in, you know, full on blitz mode. I mean, we've seen uh, a bunch of new TV spots. I think in our last episode, we had just talked about the uh, the international trailer that we had seen and then the like the first TV spot. Um, and now there have been like, I think there's like eight TV spots out there now, something like that. Um, plus some 
little behind the scenes featurette kind of things on like ABC and Disney Channel and some other places. Um, and obviously, because there's so many of them out there now, we're not going to like go through each of those shot by shot like we have for some of the other ones previously. But um, Tim, anything in, in these new ones, any particular shots or anything that kind of grabs your attention? Oh, yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> but like they can't get into all of them. But I was just thinking when you're talking about all the TV spots and like featurette stuff we've been getting, remember just like maybe two months ago at the most, where we're like saying how we've started, where's the third trailer? Everyone's saying we haven't seen so little of this. Like, when are they going to start showing stuff? Well, it's happening right now. <laughs> I think some mm-hmm. people might have the opposite reaction where oh, got to stop watching now, <laughs> they're showing too much, which I can totally understand. Because you never know with the marketing stuff as far as how much they'll actually show you. But I'm going to continue to watch all of them. I At the first, I started, I'm probably not going to watch every TV spot. But then I go, uh, who am I kidding? I'm going to watch them. So I put my trust in Lucasfilm that they're not going to show anything too big. And I don't think they're going to show anything spoilery. So with that, these TV spots have been awesome. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them are similar. But in each one, there's going to be some cool new shots that just get you more and more excited. And... I have to say, probably one of my favorite ones was, um, I think it was like, might have been the third one they showed, which was the Finn TV spot. Uh, it's cool that it seems like certain characters are getting focused. We got one with Ray earlier on, then Finn, and then just uh, maybe even last week was one that was kind of more Kylo Ren-centric. But I really like the Finn one. I mean, this was where we got that cool shot, which I didn't see coming, where we knew Finn was going to use his lightsaber in the battle with Kylo Ren, but it looks like on the attack of Maz Kanata's castle he's gonna ignite it and he's gonna be fighting a stormtrooper who has his own <laughs> almost like the the viral blade that general grievous's guards use but a little different mm-hmm. little shorter and it's connected to his arm looks which looks really cool of how he just brings it out and to see him and finn go at it was really cool <laughs> i was like oh man I, at first i didn't think we'd see lightsabers attacking stormtroopers but we're gonna have it here and I think you can kind of piece of what happens in this battle too, because in one of the recent TV spots we got earlier this week, where it actually was the one that came out on Thanksgiving Day, where you see the stormtrooper looks like he might defeat Finn in this battle because he's about to like put his blade against like somebody who's on the floor. They don't show who it is, but he's like about to like pierce it through him or something. But then he gets blasted, which looks like my Han Solo's blaster. So I make this to see how that sequence and that uh, fight's gonna. Uh, why well, I was going to say play out, but it looks like we're going to know that that Stormtrooper gets the best of Finn, but I want to see how that happens. So mm-hmm. that whole sequence of the Mas Kanata castle attack, that's probably becoming one of my more anticipated sequences to see because it's like so much going on. It looks really cool. We got the ground battle with the Stormtroopers, with Han, Chewie, and Finn. Then we've seen the X-Wing shots from the third trailer. That looks incredible. And then we know Kylo Ren has that encounter with Rey. Looks like on that same sequence too so there's like a lot of stuff going on there i just can't wait to see it all play out so that was probably the stuff with finn and that tv spot that was centered on him that was the one that stuck out to me the most out of all the tv spots so far yeah probably this i could probably say the same um i mean i i definitely was not expecting to see him having you know a, a lightsaber battle with a stormtrooper um and then, uh, yeah, like you said, it, it seems like Han maybe saves his butt at the end of that fight. Or, I mean, maybe that could be a different stormtrooper who also has a melee weapon that's going to, you know, attack somebody else and Han shoots him. Um, although also, um, they they could have just cut that together to make it look that way in the trailer because um, 
if you notice, like when that stormtrooper gets blasted, there's a pretty big hole in his chest. And yeah. Like, if, if that, <laughs> and not to mention, he goes flying backwards. It almost looks like he's in zero gravity. He goes flying back so far. Um, and it's like, man, either he got shot by like an X-Wing or something, or Han's got a really powerful blaster. See, I kind of like to think Han made some upgrades to his blaster <laughs> over the 30 years just to give it an extra little punch. <laughs> or maybe that's Chewie's bowcaster. Oh, that's possible too, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, that definitely looks like it's going to be an awesome sequence. I think the maybe uh, a couple other things from the TV spots that have gotten me real excited. Um, there was a... I, I think the next TV spot that came out right after the one that we talked about on our last episode, so like this the second TV spot, and it was the first 60-second one, um, so it was a little bit longer, um, but it was the one that had uh, the new music from the movie in it, um, mm, right. you know, where they confirmed that that was, the, I think, at least the the little bit of music that you hear in, like, the first half of that trailer um, is actually stuff that John Williams composed for The Force Awakens. So that was really cool just to get a little... Uh, you know, tiny little teaser of what the the new soundtrack is going to sound like. Um, it which, good too. <laughs> yeah, it sounded good too. Yeah, it sounds really good. Which, by the way, the soundtrack listing is out there. Um, you know, we've got a link to it on our page and stuff. Um, so if you guys are interested, you can check that out. That's something that's a little too spoilerish for me, even though I'm sure, you know, it's not going to say, you know, there won't be another, uh, repeat Qui-Gon's noble end incident where, uh, you know, the soundtrack totally gives something away. But, um, although I did like right before we recorded this, I went and looked at the first few tracks. Once you told me that there were 23 of them, I was like, okay, I'll peek at the beginning, but I'm not looking at all 23. Cause even if it doesn't reveal any big spoilers, I don't want to go into the movie with like a bullet point outline of everything that's going to happen. Like I still kind of want to be surprised of, you know, a little bit of like how things play out, even though I've kind of pieced a lot of it together for myself, but yeah, um, I, I want the movie to be what confirms my suspicions and not have a, a you know, soundtrack listing confirm it for me. Yeah, definitely doesn't have any Qui-Gon's Noble End type spoilers on there, but it, you're all right where it does give you kind of a good like layout of how the movie's going to play out with the track titles and how sequences go. And, you know, there are some soundtracks that put the track listing out of order of how the movies play out. I love prequel soundtracks were <laughs> notorious for that. I hated <laughs> that they were all out of order. Yep. I like it to be how the movie plays out. So to me, it looks like, though, from what I was able to piece together and what little bit I know about the how the Force Awakens is going to play out, the, the soundtrack seems to match that. So, yeah, if you don't want to know that, definitely stay away from it. But there are some intriguing names on there, and I'll just say the last track in general has me pretty intrigued and excited at the same time. So. Oh, okay. Well, see, uh, why well, do have to say that? Because now it's like it makes me want to look at it more, but at the same time, makes me want to stay away from it all that much more. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're exactly right. Even though I. I just throwing a wild guess out there it probably has something to do with luke maybe um or jedi or something <laughs> like that i will say it does have the word finale in there so <laughs> oh okay just like the other one has main the first track is main title kind of the obvious <laughs> right um yeah so i mean that was really cool um also there's one of the tv spots where you know there's well, in a few of them, you know, there's some cool new shots of uh, Kylo Ren. Um, there's one in particular where you see him having that, or having a, a confrontation or fight or whatever you want to call it in the forest with Ray, and he does like a cool spin move and force push with yeah. his lightsaber and all that. Um, there's another and, cool one too, where I think he's in. It looks like he's in the ship, 
but he just like does a slow head turn where mm-hmm. his mask looks at you. He doesn't have the hood on, it's just his mask. So that's, it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, they just released a new 60-second spot, I think like on Thanksgiving or something like you were saying. Um, but that one focuses a lot on the villains. Um, it's got some new dialogue from Supreme Leader Snoke in there. Um, it starts with him saying that, you know, the first line we ever heard from this movie, the, you know, there's been an awakening, have you felt it? But then you hear Kylo Ren say yes, um, confirming a lot of our suspicions uh, for the past year that it was Kylo Ren that he was talking to. Um, but then he says some more stuff. He says something like, uh, you know, even you have never faced uh, such a test. And um, I forget exactly what else he says, but it's cool to hear more of his voice. Um, yeah, and- that line right there, that's what really jumped out at me from that whole new TV spot we got because he's, he actually said it's a test for Kylo Ren and kind of what I made me think about was going back to the title, the force awakens. I mean, what triggers that and who is responding to that? Because I know we speculated on, was it because of Snoke and Kylo Ren kind of making their presence known that they're going to have to force out, you know, Ray to accept her destiny or into Luke to come out of exile. But now with that line of dialogue, Maybe it's Luke, <laughs> whatever he's doing in exile, maybe that gets their attention and Kylo Ren's test is to find him and to find his lightsaber. So maybe it might be the opposite of what I was thinking before, where it's more on Luke and the light side that's bringing about the awakening instead of the dark side. But then at the end, I think both of them are going to, you know, come out and awaken, as Snoke says in the trailer, the dark side and the light. So, But it kind of threw me a little bit because I was expecting it. To where they're a react, where the heroes are reacting to the villains, but it looks like the villains are reacting to something. Maybe it won't be Luke; they're reacting to something else. But that line of dialogue definitely had me intrigued. Where it is a test for Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Something else that uh, you know, speaking of like the Force Awakening and all that, um, I was just thinking back to when the title of the movie was revealed, and um, you know, people had their their various opinions of it and stuff. And I said, you know, by the time the movie comes out. Um, And once we've all seen it, it's just going to, yeah, you're not even going to think about it anymore. Um, And it's like, I've already reached that point. Um, You know, it's like there was a time when, I think just like as you're kind of speculating on what it means for like the Force to awaken and all that, I kind of, I haven't even wondered about that in a long time because I just hear the Force awakens and I think title of episode seven, like I've already just associated that with the movie in my mind and it you know, just fits in perfectly with the rest of them because that's what it is. Exactly. I mean, even when it first came out, I liked the title, thought it fit, but now it just rolls off the tongue even more. Like it's been a part of Star Wars for a while now. It just fits in with all the other titles. So, yeah. But yeah, it's still a big part of the movie where I can't wait to find out more with dealing with the Force and the awakening of it, how it affects Snoke, the dark side, and Luke with the light side. So yeah, that's still my biggest entry with the movie is with the Force. Yeah, and then the one other um, cool thing that was in that sh- uh, in that TV spot was um, there's a new shot in there, of, and it looks like a continuation of the scene that we've seen some various shots of with all the uh, the stormtroopers at Starkiller Base, you know, gathered in front of a platform with General Hux looking out over everybody, looking like he's probably giving some kind of speech or something. Um, but it's a shot from that same scene, except the whole sky is like lit up <laughs> red. Um, you know, from a, a big explosion or something. And I think this is going to be the same thing that 
Kylo Ren is looking at when we see that shot of him on the bridge of the Star Destroyer and he's looking out um, and we see, you know, that bright red flare or whatever. Um, so obviously I think pretty early on in the movie, we are going to see what Starkiller base can do. It's going to blow up a planet or a star system or something like that. Um, and all the stormtroopers are going to be on the planet watching it. Kylo Ren is going to be on a Star Destroyer or on his shuttle or whatever, like above the planet watching it. Um, and you know, this is going to be the, the moment where you're like, oh crap, these guys are serious. And now we know what the, you know, what the heroes are really up against. Yeah. And we also know too, why in the second teaser that we got a celebration, we got that shot where the stormtroopers turn around and face the camera. Now yeah. we know what they're going to be looking at. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's such a beautiful shot though, how it looks with that red clear and that light. Mm. flashing on there yeah this looks so good <laughs> yeah i mean we've said this before but i i think this is going to be the most visually impressive star wars movie that we've ever seen oh yeah. Um, yeah. which i mean on the one hand that's not that big of a, a leap to say because it's 2015 and you know it's been 10 years since the last movie and the technology changes and stuff but um i mean not just from like a special effects standpoint but just like the the lighting and the framing of the shots and the cinematography and everything i mean just again everything that we've seen of it so far seems to suggest that this movie is gonna be good Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And while we talked about TV spots, I also want to bring out to like TV commercials. We've gotten a few more, which have been really cool. Also, I've been really impressed with all of them because we talked about, you know, the Battlefront one and the Duracell battery. Then we've got other ones from uh, Verizon, which was really cool. Where you got Chewie and BB-8 going into a base where <laughs> it looks like bb trying to upload some information, but it's going so slow, you know, to promote Verizon and their high speed. Uh, connections, but then you got like storm. A mouse droid comes in to distract or make some noise that loads the stormtroopers of Chewie and BB-8. And Chewie's firing off at stormtroopers like BBH trying to hurry to download the information. It was just really well done how it played out, and it looked good too. I mean, it looked like it almost could be in a Star Wars movie. The production values on it look really good. Mm-hmm. So while the TV spots for the actual movie have been cool, the TV commercials for all the product tie-ins have been just as fun and get kind of get you pumped up in the same way also. So those have been cool to experience as well. Yeah. Now on the flip side of that, there's a local appliance store here in Tucson, Arizona that did a Star Wars themed commercial. And, you know, the, uh, the production values were definitely on the other side of the spectrum from <laughs> the Verizon commercial and the Duracell commercials and everything. Um, it was like super cheesy, but uh, I haven't seen any local commercials where I live, like any LA stuff. So I'm sure they're trying to get some done. Yeah. They're talking about slashing prices and there's like somebody running around through the store, like hacking at refrigerators with a lightsaber, like slashing the prices, oh, man. like make it stop. <laughs> That's not going to get Star Wars fans into your store. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say, like, I am so glad that I am a Star Wars fan right now because as much as I love all this stuff, like, if I wasn't a big Star Wars fan, I would be so sick of seeing Star Wars everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Unfortunately, there are some people thinking like that right now, and it's probably going to be even more so when we get closer in December. Yeah. Where it's everywhere. Because it's already starting to feel like it's everywhere, which, of course, to us is awesome. Yeah, it's funny because um, I heard a – or, you know, read something online the other day. It was from some executive at Disney, and I think they were talking about, um, like, the the box office predictions or something like that because people are already predicting that this is going to you know, break opening weekend box office records and could possibly break the all-time record and, 
you know, yada, yada, yada. But they were saying something about how they're like just at the beginning of their marketing campaign or, you know, this was maybe like a week ago or something. And they were like, um, you know, we still have a month to go left until the movie comes out. And this is like just at the beginning or they said we have the bulk of our marketing campaign ahead of us or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Like, with, you know, all the eight TV spots and all these product commercials and stuff we've seen. I mean, I know we're still going to see more before December. Um, but, I mean, even with, like, Force Friday having been, you know, almost three months ago now, it's like, how could you still have the bulk of your campaign ahead of us? Or, you know, is, is the United States going to reveal that they've built a Death Star to promote <laughs> <laughs> Episode 7 or something like that? Um, yeah, that would deal with ISIS pretty quick. Um but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, obviously, again, like I said, it's just everywhere right now. Um, but, man, you know, for, for those of us who are huge fans and love this stuff, it's like, I ain't complaining. Yeah, it's just cool when you're just watching general TV and you see something of Star Wars pop up. <laughs> yeah. And, like, even with, you know, all these TV spots that I've seen online and stuff anyway, it's like if I'm watching a show on my DVR and fast forwarding through the commercials, I'll still back up if I see a Star Wars commercial and watch that. Exactly. Like, how can you let that go by? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, lightsabers, got to pause it. But with saying that, I haven't seen too many of them on t actual TV shows and stuff like that, at least for the shows I watch. But Yeah, I've seen a few. Um, I mean, not a ton, but you know, they're, they're out there. Yeah. I'm sure that's also plays a part to where the marketing hasn't fully kicked in because you're probably going to be seeing commercials and TV spots for it almost on <laughs> every show that you're watching to get it more promoted as it's getting closer. So probably in like the second week of December or so, we're going to be seeing a bunch of those TV spots, no matter what you're watching. Yeah. Um, and then also in addition to the TV spots, they also uh, revealed the first clip from the movie, um, very short clip, but this, uh, debuted, I think during the American Music Awards was the first time they showed it. And then they showed it a couple days later on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, and it's just a shot of, uh, Ray and Finn on Jakku, um, running from some TIE fighters. And then Ray points out a ship that, uh, they're running to. And, um, Finn says, you know, we need a pilot. And Ray says, you've got one. And he's like, you? Um, so I guess, yeah, maybe he didn't know she could fly ships, and this is where we're going to find out that, I don't know, maybe she's been trained by one of the best pilots in the galaxy who happens to be your dad or something like that. <laughs> um, but then the ship that they're running towards gets blown up, and they're like, oh, crap, and then the clip ends. It's like 16 seconds or something. But Yeah, so um, after that seeing that cool. clip and other you know, stuff we began like in the TV spots and everything, I am now fully on board with what you said in our last episode where – it's just going to be Ray and Finn during the whole uh, Falcon chase sequence on Jakku. Because with that line saying she's a pilot, that's setting it up. And, you know, that ship they were going to take gets blown up. So they're eventually going to go to the Falcon. And plus other little shots we've seen of her in the cockpit. It looks like it's going to be in that sequence. And, and mm -hmm. it's just going to be them too. Because then we see Finn in the gunner, uh, the gunner rooms also that we see in Han and Luke in A New Hope these and their blasting tie fighters so yeah at first i was thinking oh, i'm pretty sure it's going to be han flying in there and ray and finn are going to be with him but now i'm now i'm looking like it's going to be just ray and finn piloting the, the falcon during that sequence so i'll give you props to that yeah also i just have to point out during the uh when this aired during the american music awards um if you've heard of the group pentatonics they're they're an acapella group um it gotten pretty popular over the past couple of years after they won a show called The Sing-Off. Um, but they did a tribute to Star Wars where they started out doing, I mean, they did like an acapella version of like 
part of the Imperial March and then the main theme and then this curtain pulled back behind them and they had like a full orchestra there doing um, you know Star Wars music and then they kept doing their acapella thing to it and they had like clips from uh, the original movies and then from the Force Awakens trailers playing on these huge screens in the background to the music and man it was just incredible. Um, I mean, it was one of those things that if you're a fan of Star Wars and especially if you love the music of Star Wars, like I got chills and goosebumps watching this thing and it was just so good. Um, but again, I mean, they didn't play any new music from episode seven, but like hearing just the classic Star Wars themes and seeing the footage of, uh, episode seven with that, it's like, this is just going to be a a perfect continuation. Like it already looks and feels like it's just going to fit right in. So um, if you haven't been able to, or, you know, if, if you missed that when it was on, um, if you haven't seen that yet, um, definitely go ahead and try to check that out. We should post a link to that because I don't think we put that on our uh, Facebook or Twitter page or anything like that. Um, but it should be floating around on YouTube. I've seen it or, you know, seen it again already. Um, so yeah, that is uh, definitely something you got to check out. Yeah, I got to raise my hand and admit I was wrong on that because I saw the promote like promote promo commercials for the American Music Awards and saw that being pro, like presented oh like a special Star Wars tribute and when I saw it I was like uh, this looks like this a modern like pop group that I probably won't like and it's going to play Star Wars music over one of their own songs with their lyrics and all that cuz I had no idea they're just an acapella group so what I actually saw yeah pretty much the same reaction you did they did a great job of like singing acapella to the classic Star Wars themes and then having the orchestra be shown behind them and playing those classic themes with the footage behind it. It was really cool, like you said. So yeah, it definitely <laughs> turned my thinking around as far as what that actual performance was going to be. It's something that de- you should definitely check out. Yeah, I mean, I've like I'm a fan of that group. I yeah, I've been uh, following them since they won that show. Um, and I've listened to a lot of their music, and I think they're really good. But still, I was like, eh, acapella Star Wars. Like, I don't know how well that's going to go. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't been like the biggest fan in the past of sort of mixing um, like vocal styles and, uh, you know, like orchestral soundtrack type music and stuff like that. But um, man, so they even like blew my expectations out of the water. Like I thought they were going to do good, but I didn't think it was going to be that good. Um, and then, of course, you know, like I said, having the orchestra on there and the movie clips and everything, it was just like perfect. Yeah, it's the only thing that probably would have made it better if John Williams was actually there conducting that orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Um, although they did have Harrison Ford come out and introduce it and uh, show that first clip. So that was pretty awesome as well. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's been TV spots, there's been clips, there's been musical tributes, there's been I mean, too many magazines and interviews and stuff recently <laughs> to even keep track of. Um, I mean, there was a Jimmy Kimmel episode recently where they had like J.J. Uh, Abrams and some of the cast members on there, um, which, by the way, uh, well, first of all, J.J. has revealed that the movie is done. Um, they are done with The Force Awakens, which is something else that's just exciting to think about like we still got three weeks before we can watch it but it's like out there somewhere is a completed finished final done version of a new star wars movie yeah, and there are people seeing it too not a lot yeah, but there's which, people which seeing it. that just gets under my skin i'm yeah. like <laughs> and now i'm just getting jealous like man i need to get me a job working at disney or something where i can like screen those things yeah how can i become jj's friend <laughs> <laughs> right um but also, oh, and then he also said, 
the first spoken word in the movie is this. <laughs> uh, that was awesome. <laughs> I was expecting something big reveal, but nope. It's yeah. Good. And it was funny too that he like he clarified spoken because uh, Jimmy Kimmel was like you know I, I got to get a little something out of you like I don't know what's the first word in the movie um, and then I'm thinking like wait a minute is this going to be like the first line of dialogue or the first word in the opening title crawl yeah. <laughs> um, and then JJ basically said the same thing he's like okay wait first spoken word this so yeah. and it fits in know. with the other for a lot of the other first words spoken in Star Wars I mean with Episode One it was just Captain and A New Hope was. Did, <laughs> but who's going to be saying this? That's the question. Um, you know what? We should like make a a, a pot or poll or whatever you call it, like a pool. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, we'll, we'll do like a voting pool where you know people cast their bets on who's going to say the first word of the movie. <laughs> um, you know, my money's on Poe Dameron. You know what? I was going to say the same thing, too. <laughs> well, you, you can't get in my pool. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, well. Okay, I'll say BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> he, could, it could, he could say something, like beep out something, and then Poe Dam was saying, like, in a question, like, this? Really? <laughs> but technically, it would be BB-8 who said it, so. I'm uh, sure that I'm wouldn't surprise wrong. me, considering that C-3PO had like the first and last line of or he had the first line of A New Hope and the last line of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So yeah, maybe they'll start it with a droid again. Yeah, but you can understand what C-3PO was saying. To have BB-8 well, the yeah. first one. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to go that way. but Well, he's not going to actually say anything, but you just hear him beep first or something. Yeah, but I don't know if that'll count as like the first character with spoken dialogue. Well, not really. So I wouldn't win that pool. Yeah, but um, man, so yeah, I mean, like I said, there's the TV interviews, there have been magazine interviews, um, Empire Magazine did a Star Wars issue where they got all these really cool looking covers with, and I th- didn't you say you were collecting these? I got all the Entertainment Weekly ones. Oh, okay, that was, yeah, because they also did some, like, some different covers for it. Yeah, but Empire is so hard to find, for, like, because they're mainly a UK magazine, and I think yeah. it, they take a little longer to get over here. And like even the last uh, article or the special covers they had for well, a few months ago for the Force Awakens, I never actually got or saw. And so these ones, maybe I should check like a month down the line from when they're at least in the UK, so I could try to check them out because I really want these covers. These ones look awesome. I mean, it's hard to pick which one's your favorite. I mean, I could easily choose the Captain Phasma one because she's on there and she always looks awesome, but. I really like the one with Finn, how that stands out. I, mean, mm-hmm. I keep saying this over and over again with the, how the lighting of the blue lightsaber with the snow uh, forest background, it just looks so cool. So that would be my number one pick if I could only get one, but I want to try to get all six of them. Yeah, I think I got to agree with you on that one. As much as I love Kylo Ren, um, I mean, he looks like he's on Jakku with like the village burning in the background, but um, I don't know. I think... Uh, yeah, like if I if I walked into a store right now and saw all of these and I only had five bucks and could only buy one, I would probably get the one with Finn because um, I love that blue lightsaber. And like you said, that snowy background is just oh, that's going to be such a cool visual yep. sequence. <laughs> and, uh, and speaking of that sequence, one of the standout pictures I thought in the Entertainment Weekly coverage 
where we get that shot of Kylo Ren facing Finn in that snow forest with his lightsaber ignited and his helmet off. But then we got Ray in that shot also, mm-hmm. which looked and she's holding a stormtrooper blaster, which she probably either picked up from a stormtrooper that she defeated and she's trying to use it to get Kylo Ren. But again, just adding, adding more intrigue to that whole sequence and how that's all going to play out, which we're all assuming it's going to be like the big finale in the final like action sequence of the movie. So man, <laughs> I know I said Maz Kanata is the, her attack on the, her castle is one, one of my most anticipated action sequence, but that one in the snow forest is my most anticipated. So, cause, oh, because yeah. we haven't seen a lot of it, but yeah, we know something big is going to go down between all those characters there. Yeah. Same here. Um, especially because, I mean, I have to admit with some of the stuff we've seen recently and the TV spots and everything, I'm starting to maybe waver just a little bit in my theory that Ray is going to be the one to like end up with the lightsaber and be the Jedi character and all that really? kind of stuff. I still think she's going to be force sensitive. Um, but just, you know, my, my initial assumption was just that Finn doesn't have the force at all. Um, and just is using the lightsaber because he knows how to use a melee weapon. But, um, and I, I still think that could be the case. I'm not saying I've done a complete 180, but I'm maybe, starting to think a little bit more that maybe he is going to be a Jedi too. Mm. Anything um, in particular? Possibly. Cause your thinking to change a little bit? Um, I don't know. I guess for some reason, maybe that shot that you were talking about where you see him and Ray standing together facing Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one with the lightsaber. Um, but then also, you know, seeing more of the footage of um, him fighting a stormtrooper with the lightsaber, like, um, I guess I, I was kind of picturing like in that fight with Kylo Ren that that was going to be the first time he used it. Um, and that, or, you know, maybe that he had like turned it on before and obviously, you know, we're going to see the lightsaber before that, but I was not expecting him to have two lightsaber fights in the movie. Mm. Yeah. And still thinking too, that very first shot we saw Kylo Ren in the first teaser where he ignites his lightsaber when we saw it for the first time. I still want to know why is he igniting that when nobody's there? Does he sense something or is it something where they like just, digitally removed Finn and Ray just for that one shot of the trailer, then they'll be brought into it in the final cut of the movie. But I kind of think it's going to be the other way where he senses something and he ignites it, even though nobody's there just yet. Yeah, no, I, I think somebody's coming up behind him. Okay, yeah. That's a good yeah, I, I, think, I think he's going to be maybe fleeing from the main Starkiller base or something, and they're going to be chasing after him. And I think he's going to sense somebody coming up behind him. And I think it's going to be Han, Mm -hmm. but you know, we've talked about that speculation before. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll find out if we're right in just three weeks. Yeah. Cause he still has the hood on. And then by the time he's facing Finn, he's got the hood off. So, um, yeah, but again, obviously just, you know, can't wait to see how this is all going to play out. And yeah, like, Okay, now I got to go to my app and see what the exact countdown is. Um, but I think I think, I think is it like nineteen days or something like that. Yeah, I was gonna say it should be nineteen days if you're seeing it on Thursday the seventh. Yeah, which, which I'm sure most die fans are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, man, nineteen days. Like pretty soon we're gonna be in single digit numbers. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, it's yeah. going back to that so close yet so far thinking for me right now. <laughs> no, it, honestly, for me, it doesn't even feel like so far. Like, it felt like that when we were six weeks out. But then it was only like, you know, two weeks till Battlefront. And now Battlefront is already 
come and gone, and now it's like yeah. Yeah, we're just getting so close to the movie. Battlefront's definitely helping with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so out of those magazines, um, there's just a couple of points I wanted to pick up on. Um, they did, uh, you know, and this is just a snippet of uh, an interview with Adam Driver in the Empire magazine. Um, and it says, Driver says that he sees Kylo Ren as more of a religious fanatic than a villain in the traditional sense. Um, and then in quotes, he says, when they think of their actions as morally justified, Driver told us, it makes them dangerous and unpredictable. There's no level they won't go to to accomplish what they're after. I never thought of the character as an evil person. Um, and I think that's, you know, an interesting dis uh, distinction to make because, I mean, if you think about it, like, evil people never really think of themselves as evil. It's like you're doing whatever you're doing for a reason other than just to be a jerk, usually. Um, and so, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see, um, you know, what Kylo Ren's whole motivation and what his whole story is going to be and everything. I think there was also an interview with J.J. Abrams in one of these magazines where he mentioned, I think they were talking about Supreme Leader Snoke, and he said that he was instrumental in luring Kylo Ren to the dark side. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, that could be giving more credence to the theory that he could be... Um, you know, part of the Skywalker lineage. Maybe he was being trained as a Jedi and then something happened where, um, I don't know if he sort of went off the rails on his own and went and sought out Snoke or if Snoke decided, you know what, I'm going to sort of upset the balance of power here. And I'm going to just going to take Anakin Skywalker's grandson and seduce him to the dark side and make history repeat itself. Um, you know, something like that. But yeah, and I like um, how Adam driver said it, like he described Kylo Ren as a religious fanatic too. Because we know in the Star Wars universe, the Force and the Jedi was, you know, the, so far the main religion, I guess, of that uh, universe. But mm. in the Kylo Ren to be so, we know he's obsessed with Darth Vader, but it just makes me think, is it just like an obsession with Darth Vader? And if our speculation ends up being correct, where it's his grandfather or it with the Force in general or just the dark side or... Even the Sith, too, because that's what his grandfather was. He was a Sith Lord. And even though J.J. has said Kylo Ren is not a Sith, maybe that is something he's basing you know, his uh, training on or the teachings is that Snoke is passing down to him is still related to the Sith or is it just strictly his interpretation of the dark side? So I am curious to see the whole, like what aspect of being a religious fanatic is he like being a fanatic over of just the Force in general, just the dark side? the Sith or just his lineage as being Darth Vader's grandson, if that's the case. So yeah, I just liked how we said that and just curious to see what it is going to end up being about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and again, Kylo Ren is definitely, um, I mean, not just my, uh, my favorite, like design, my favorite character design so far for the new movie with the lightsaber and the mask and everything, but he's definitely the one that I'm most intrigued to find out more about and find out his whole backstory and everything. Once we see it. Yeah. When we um, see this, after we see this movie, I mean, Ray is being built up as the main character, but we're going to be debating who really was the main character of this movie, Ray, Kylo Ren, and even Finn to a degree. But and like I said before, we we're talking about that, the poster two episodes ago, where they're the main three characters of this movie. Mm -hmm. Sorry to Poe Dameron, but <laughs> it's Kylo Ren, Finn, and Ray. I mean, there's no doubt about that in my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even if you compare it to the original trilogy, um, it almost seems like Finn is going to be more in like the Han Solo type of role and that, I mean, maybe Ray and Kylo are going to be the new Luke and Leia, but just like on opposite sides instead yeah. of the same side. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I totally see that playing out, especially at least for this movie and hopefully the other ones, because I'm sure you would agree with me. We want to see Kylo Ren <laughs> make it into episodes eight and hopefully nine. Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't think there's really much of a chance at all that that won't happen. I agree, but again, you just never know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll repeat the Darth Maul mistake. Oh, totally not. Even if he does die, he's, it's not going to be like, oh, he was a ways they didn't use him enough. I think he's going to be, you know, a big focus of this movie. So mm-hmm. if he does die, I don't think we're going to be complaining like, oh, it's another Darth Maul thing. Right, right. But and if still, he does, he's they not going to die. Yeah, they could just bring him back in an upcoming animated series down the line. <laughs> that is very true. And nobody will think it's a good idea, and then they'll end up doing it really well anyways. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, but then there was also, um, I think in, in a few of these, um, magazines like Andy Serkis, uh, gave us sort of a little bit more of a idea of, uh, what Supreme Leader Snoke is going to be like than we've ever had before. Um, but the interesting thing is he talked about how when they were filming it, he didn't even know, uh, really how it was going to turn out or what it was going to be like. He said it was like the first time that he ever did a, uh, a CGI motion capture character without having any idea ahead of time what the character was going to look like um, because they were still in the process of designing Snoke and hadn't really finalized it yet. And then he said, um, you know, they went back for reshoots and doing the post-production and all that kind of stuff. And the sort of the look and the mannerisms of the character and everything sort of evolved over time. Um, so I'm like, well, that's kind of an interesting way to do it, but, um, I mean, obviously it seems like now they, they definitely have settled on it. And I mean, Snoke is another, uh, one of my most anticipated characters just because obviously we know he's going to be a big deal, but we, I I think he's the only real main character that we don't know what he looks like because we've seen Maz Kanata now, um, in small glimpses and things, but we still, haven't seen Snoke aside from one piece of concept art that, you know, they said was probably outdated. So, um, yeah, we don't know. But in this Empire article, um, there's a quote for him here. He says, it was quite an unusual situation, uh, Circus tells us in the new issue of Empire. I worked specifically with Donald Gleason and with Adam Driver. My first day was basically standing on a 25-foot podium doing Lord Snoke without the faintest idea what he looked like or, in fact, who he was. I was very high up, totally on my own, away from everybody else, but acting with them. And so my first thought here, um, aside from, you know, again, the thing about him not knowing what the character was going to look like, I'm like, is he on a 25-foot podium because he's some dark, mysterious, secluded character and he just has, like, this huge, spacious chamber where he sits way up high above everybody else? Or is he like some 25 foot tall alien being who's, you know, part of some ancient race and decides he wants to conquer the galaxy? <laughs> yeah, I think to do something different in Star Wars, it'd be really cool if he actually was like a 20 foot tall <laughs> new alien species. But I don't think that's what they're going with. I'm pretty sure it's going to be where he's on like this high above and a tall podium looking down on Kylo Ren and uh, General Hugs. I just keep picturing the. Something like in the Clone Wars episode where Ahsoka was on trial and all the members of the Jedi Council were in like those high chambers looking down on her. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thinking like some twisted, like dark side version of that of what his chambers are going to be. So, but it does make sense too. I mean, it's not a huge surprise that he's going to be interacting with Kylo Ren, but I did find it kind of surprising with Domino Gleason and General Hux that he said who's he's going to have interaction with. Cause there was still a part of me that thought maybe he was just tied in with Kylo Ren and not necessarily 
the First Order, but I think it's pretty much confirmed now that he is the Supreme Leader of the First Order and the Master of Kylo Ren. So he is going to be, for all intents and purposes, the new Palpatine of this movie in this new trilogy also. so. But I did like or find interesting the quotes that he made, I think it was in the Entertainment Weekly magazine, where he was saying that um, about Snoke, that he has a huge agenda, but that he suffered a lot of damage and that there is like a strange vulnerability to him. So while he may be similar to Palpatine as far as being like the puppet master and having this grand plan to conquer the galaxy, looks like there's going to be more to him than Palpatine. Like to hear him say he's vulnerable and actually that he suffered a lot of damage. I mean, I don't know if we'll get it in this movie, but I can't wait to get the backstory on Snoke because he says he's someone who's been around for a while and that he even says too that um, he thinks that Snoke was outside of the conflict between the Rebellion and the Empire. So he could have been a character who was somehow greatly affected by that civil war and as Andy Serkis says got damaged by that if it was by the rebellion or by the empire we don't know but to see how he rose to power and why he wants to control the galaxy with the first order I mean I'm so intrigued and let alone his fourth sensitivity and his connection to the dark side mm-hmm. so yeah Snoke is going to be really really interesting to see play out as we see this movie and maybe we get some books about him and his backstory or it's explained in episode eight or not. But yeah, I just can't wait to learn more about him because he seems fascinating. Well, maybe he's damaged and vulnerable because his apprentice killed him in his sleep. <laughs> How could you not think about that also when you read that? <laughs> exactly. times we speculated on Plagueis. So it, it does not hurt those chances, I will say that. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, and I was just talking about this with uh, – you know, our friend Paul and a bunch of guys online the other night while we were playing Battlefront together and, you know, talking about episode seven and stuff. And, um, and somebody brought up the, the Plagueis theory and I was like, A, I definitely don't think we'll get an answer to that in episode seven. Like if Supreme Leader Snoke really is Darth Plagueis, that is something we're going to find out in episode eight or maybe even episode nine. Um, also, like I'm not even necessarily pushing that theory if that makes sense like i'm not a a firm believer in it um but i do think it would be really cool like i don't think we've seen enough evidence to support like really thinking that that definitely is the case um just because we barely know anything about the character yet anyways but i i still think it's a definite possibility um you know but i'm trying not to go into it with like that confirmation bias that like oh, well, you know, just because of the very little that we know about him so far, it sounds like he could be Plagueis, so I'm going to say 100% that he is Plagueis. Like, I'm not doing that. Um, I'm just sort of keeping my, my trying to keep open-minded on that, but, like, if that does turn out to be the case, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, again, I just keep thinking about where he says him as being vulnerable. Like, is he going to be a villain that's going to be a sympathetic character, too? Because... Darth Vader, you get that, but with Palpatine, you never really felt sympathy for no. him. <laughs> he was just an evil guy who wanted to control the galaxy and, in his mind, bring peace to it in order. So he was just twisted and evil. But with Snoke, when we learned his backstory, is he going to be someone where we really want to see defeated and taken down? Or much like how Adam Driver has been describing Kylo Ren as someone who doesn't think he's evil and maybe you can understand his side of it if it's going to be the same thing with Snoke too. So that could be a different 
way to go about the main villains of this trilogy for not just being straight on evil, but yet you may feel, you may even agree with them and just feel some type of sympathy for them also, where maybe you don't want to see them get defeated. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out by the time we get to episode nine, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would definitely be interesting to see if they do go a different route there with Snoke, because, um, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine him being a sympathetic character because he's obviously like the head honcho bad guy who, um, you know, is in charge of the, the main order and wants to dish or, you know, conquer the galaxy or whatever he's trying to do. Um, I mean, if you think about like episodes one through six, even though Darth Vader is like the most recognizable villain, like Palpatine really is the main villain of the story because, um, you know, kind of like where Adam Driver was talking about with Kylo Ren, um, you know, Anakin never saw himself as evil. He didn't turn to the dark side because he just felt like killing some little kids. He turned to the dark side because he was afraid for Padme's life and Palpatine promised him the power to save her and he was getting fed up with the Jedi. So, you know, he just did what he thought was right at the time. Um, whereas Palpatine never really had any motivation other than I'm a Sith Lord. We've been around for thousands of years. The Jedi are our enemies and we're going to kill them and take over the galaxy because that's what Sith Lords do. Um, and so I, I guess like, again, just going off of the very little that we know now, that's just sort of what I'm assuming Snoke's, uh, you know, motivations are sort of similar to that, but obviously we don't know that yet. So, um, you know, if, if it turns out to be something completely different, um, you know, I'll be surprised, but I can't wait to find out what that is. Yeah, definitely. And like, even I know it's not canon anymore, the whole, the Darth Plagueis novel where we got Palpatine's origin and how he met uh, Plagueis and his backstory. Even knowing Palpatine as a younger man before he went to the dark side, he he still wasn't a sympathetic character even then. <laughs> like he didn't really so, feel no. sorry for him. So yeah, he was the kind of kid that you could imagine growing up to kill a bunch of people and take over the galaxy. One exactly. Day. Yeah. So yeah, even though they're going to share some similarities, I'm totally expecting something different with Snoke and Palpatine, and I just can't wait. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we got a little bit from Mark Hamill as well. Um, <laughs> of course, cool. yeah, he didn't say anything about, um, you know, the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker or anything like that. But it was kind of cool to hear him just talking about shooting uh, for the movie on uh, that Skellig Michael Island um, where, you know, they're filming in Ireland. And uh, we don't really know where that is yet it's funny because like having seen just some of the the location shots and everything and how it's like an island with you know mountains and stuff um i was kind of assuming at the time that that was going to be the location of uh what we now know as Tacodana, where you know you see the x-wings flying across the water and all that kind of stuff but obviously that doesn't seem like the same planet where luke's going to be um although it could be a different location on the same planet we don't know but no, I think it's something um, totally different. <laughs> yeah, most likely. And they're saving that for when you see the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he was talking about how it reminded him of shooting in Tunisia on the original Star Wars. And he says, uh, if you could get into your own mind and shut out the crew and look out at the horizon, you really felt like you were in a galaxy far, far away. Um, so that was, you know, just cool to hear, um, you know, not just him saying it was great to be back on set, but just that the way that they were doing it and everything. Um you know, kind of gave him that similar feeling of when they were shooting the original trilogy. Exactly, yeah. And I kind of think that when we do see that new planet and where Luke's at, if there's going to be 
too much CG enhancements to like the environments there because it seemed like they really went to Skelly and Michael because of how it looked and how unique the terrain was and the surroundings and like those rocks that were there. But I'm hoping, if anything, we see some like exotic alien creatures there that we've never seen before to give it more of this like otherworldly planet and that these new creatures that maybe Luke's in tune to with the Force because I'm assuming that this is going to be a really like planet that's really strong with the Force that Luke is at. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of, like I said, the actual environment will probably be nothing too enhanced from what they shot at Skelly Michael, but I just hope like maybe some like exotic animals and this other creatures there that kind of give it more like a alien, like just the Star Wars planet feel to it. But we'll see. Maybe they're going to save that for episode eight. But because when I heard Mark Hamill say those comments without reminding him of shooting on Tunisia, what we saw there is pretty much what we got in the new hope besides you know him seeing two suns <laughs> in that uh, binary sunset scene but yeah it just kind of got me thinking of how that planet is actually going to look and just what inhabitants are going to be there besides luke so and again we'll see how long we're on that planet for but again we'll see if it continues well it is definitely continuing on episode eight but i'm dad <laughs> we're talking about what snow how curious are with him just the whole answers with luke and where he's been why he's hiding where is he at we're going to find that out in this under three weeks also. <laughs> and that seems like the big thing everyone's waiting for and just can't wait to find out. And obviously the biggest secret that they're keeping and hopefully they're able to by the time we all see the movie because it's just going to be so awesome to get that reveal. Not only Luke, but where where he has been and what he's been up to since Return of the Jedi. And we're so close now to that also. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, it's going to be so good to finally get answers on that that's the um, thing with waiting for the force like you're looking forward to so many different things you kind of forget like all the cool stuff we're going to be getting because but the tv spot's so focused on ray finn and kylo ren just that alone looks awesome but then we were just talking about with snow his character and luke <laughs> the main character of star wars in the original trilogy and a lot of people's favorite characters and so all this great stuff that we're going to get in this movie it just uh, <laughs> almost becomes just like in a way unbelievable that we're getting all this still because <laughs> yeah. in a way it could just be you know they're continuing on with the new generation but nope we got the original cast in there too even though not all of them are going to have major roles we're still definitely going to see them and sometimes that gets a little lost but in a way i think that's good because that means the new characters and the new situations we're seeing and learning about is winning us over already without without not even seeing the movie yet and we're getting excited about these new characters so learning about Luke and Leia, and of course, you know, Han plays a big role. It's just almost like the cherry on top for what's already going to be a cool new Star Wars movie with great new characters. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it all just fitting it to be such a phenomenal Star Wars experience that, I mean, I'm pretty confident it's going to deliver. And yeah, it's just going to, when it's all said and done, I just hope we come out of that theater as enthusiastic as we are right now about talking about it. And I just have a strong feeling that we will be. Yeah, I sure hope so. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the, with the amount of excitement and anticipation that we've already built up around it, like it is going to take a lot for that movie to disappoint. Yeah, <laughs> you know, really like, well. Although it's funny, I was having a dream the other night that I was watching it, you know, watching episode seven in the theater and like the beginning was really interesting. But then towards the middle, it just got really boring and confusing and people <laughs> started getting up and leaving. Oh, and man. then J.J. Abrams was in the theater, like chatting with the people who were left, like trying to get them to stay <laughs> and like trying to convince us that the end was going to be really good and that we should stick around through it. 
Um, wow. That sounds more like a nightmare. <laughs> See, I had an even weirder dream, though. I had a dream I was waiting in line for the movie. And I, I kept meeting up with different people and they kept getting out of line and losing our spots. Like, ah, what are you doing? And then the last person I ended up waiting on line with was with J.J. Abrams, the last person who needs to wait on line <laughs> to see The Force Awakens. He was all, I think I should have reserved seats, but I hope I do. I'm not sure if I'm able to get those. <laughs> We're all going into the theater looking for our seats. And yep, I got my reserved seats. It was like, why would I be in line with J.J. Abrams for The Force Awakens? It's right. one of those dreams that absolutely makes no sense, but yet... Since Star Wars is on your mind 24-7, that's what happens when you sleep. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I mean, I guess I could kind of see him doing that. Like, obviously, he's going to be at the big red carpet premiere and everything. But, like, if I were the director of Star Wars, I'd try to, like, just sneak into my local theater and watch it and just kind of, you know, get the reaction of, like, the general public and not just the hardcore fans that are going to go out to the premiere. Yeah, but in my dream, he was like someone who wasn't sure if he'd get in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, again, like three weeks till we can stop having crazy dreams about it and actually make it happen. Yep, and stop the wondering of what's going to happen. <laughs> yep. Um, and then one other thing, we did get uh, official confirmation now that the movie is rated PG-13, um, which weirdly enough, I'm like, I don't know why... This is just becoming official now when apparently when the tickets went on sale, um, which was what, like a month ago or something, um, actually over a month ago, because that was like October 19th or something like that. And see, it doesn't even feel like it's been a month since then. Um, but that's because probably we've had so many new TV spots now. It's like we haven't just had that one trailer to hold us over yeah. until the movie came out like we thought we were going to. <laughs> um you know, it was like we waited so long for that trailer, and then we were like, okay, I'm good. Like, this is all I need till the movie comes out. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, 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 you're not done yet. Here's an international TV spot and a dozen – or, you know, an international trailer, a dozen TV spots, some behind-the-scenes Disney Channel sneak peeks, like all this stuff. I'm sure if you edited all the um, new footage we got on that TV spot or the t all the TV spots, it would be like a fourth trailer or fifth trailer if you count the international ones. yeah. Um, but anyway, like the, the day that those tickets went on sale and some people bought them. And I think depending on the theater, like there were a few places that were printing tickets that already said PG 13 on it. Really? See, um, I didn't see any of those. I know. I saw, have, but... I saw a couple pictures, the uh, pictures of them floating around on the internet. Hmm. Um, actually I didn't even think to look like we ordered ours online, but then, uh, me and my dad, we went and saw a movie at the theater recently um, and got our tickets printed because it was the same theater we're going to see The Force Awakens at. So we just went ahead and got our tickets printed. So I've got those in hand now. Um, Wasn't that such a great feeling, though? Home it so was. <laughs> it so was. Especially because we went and saw uh, the James Bond movie, Spectre. We saw that in IMAX. And there was like just like this little blue speck like in the corner of the screen the entire time. And so it was like... Um, I don't know, it looked like a dead pixel, like on a computer screen or something, but I don't know how that works with like movie projectors and stuff. But anyway, so we go out afterwards to get the tickets printed. And then I just mentioned that to the girl at the counter and I was like, it wasn't super annoying or anything, but like, if you guys could fix that before star Wars comes out, like that would be awesome. <laughs> um, so she called the manager and I told him about it and he's like, well, thanks for letting us know. I'll get you guys some free passes. And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get free passes out of it, but that's another time I can go see the force awakens now. <laughs> so not only did you improve the movie experience for everyone to see 
not only Spectre, but the Force Awakens later on. You got free passes to it. so Exactly. And I've got my Force Awakens tickets in hand, too. <laughs> Your good deed was rewarded. Yes, it was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was super exciting to just to have those now. But I didn't even... I mean, I might have seen whether there was a rating on it or not. But if I if it was, like, it didn't even really cross my mind because I'm not remembering now. Yeah, I definitely know mine didn't, but... When I did learn that it was rated PG-13 just a few days ago, it wasn't something that was a huge shock. I mean, I was kind of can go either way, PG or PG-13, but judging from what we've seen in the trailers and just kind of the story beats that we know already, it felt like it was going to be a little more heavy than just this normal PG movie where it might be suitable for those 13 and over, not 13 and under. I mean, which, again, it's not going to be something where I don't think you can't take someone who's under 13 to see it because Star Wars has always been a family-friendly franchise. And even with Revenge of the Sith having more darker moments than any other movie. And I actually don't think The Force Awakens is going to be as, I don't know, graphic or dark as Revenge of the Sith. Maybe just a notch below it. But it's not going to be anything I don't think you should be too concerned with as far as taking young kids to see it. But again, it's We've got all the Marvel movies that are rated PG-13, and there's always tons of little kids that go to see that. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to like ruin like the young children market where it's not going to make as much money as it would if it was PG. I mean, uh, parents are going to take their kids to see this movie. So we'll just have to see if it really warrants it or not. I mean, I don't think it's going to, like I said, anything too drastic that's going to shock anybody. It's yeah, not I... where Anakin gets burned or <laughs> the head and hand of Dark or Count Dooku get chopped off like it was in Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, so we'll see just how much it's going to warrant that PG-13 rating. But I wasn't too shocked with it. Yeah, no, me either. I mean, more than anything, I think that just sort of generally is how big blockbuster movies are rated nowadays. Like mm-hmm. even if they are kind of kid-friendly as well. Um, like, because I think with Revenge of the Sith, it was PG-13 for... Yeah, I don't remember the exact rating, but in addition to sci-fi violence, there was something in there about like frightening and intense images yeah. or something like that. Because, you know, you see Anakin getting burned and you see like a strong implication that he's about to kill some little kids and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like you said, I, I don't think The For- Force Awakens is necessarily going to be that dark. Um, although it does seem like the opening scene with that attack on Jakku might be pretty dark, but... Um, yeah, like it's it's gonna be Star Wars. Um, yeah, I don't think there's gonna be anything more violent or shocking or anything like that. That's gonna be you know sort of out of out of the ordinary from what you'd expect for the franchise. So, yeah. Um, but if you were wondering, now you know that's what the rating is. Um, <laughs> it wasn't rated G. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but also, um, I mean, that's pretty much all the the main movie news, but sort of in connection to the movie, um, they're doing another uh, Force for Change campaign. Um, They've done a couple of videos now promoting this, one with J.J. Abrams and one with Harrison Ford, but um, you can get a chance to uh, win a trip to the premiere of the movie um, for entering in this. And uh, it's cool because J.J. did like the most recent video and um, had messages from the whole cast in there, and they're all supporting a different charitable cause. And so I guess you can go to uh, the omaze.com slash star Wars website and donate to any of these uh, charity foundations that the, uh, the cast are promoting and um, you know, entering in with any of them can uh, enter you for a chance to uh, win a trip to the premiere. So that's pretty cool that they're doing that. And uh, that 
you know, this has been something they've been doing all along to promote the new movie and, uh, you know, help raise money for charity. I know they were saying with the initial uh, campaign, they raised like $4 million or $7 million or something like that. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a great cause. And those videos definitely <laughs> are ones that make you want to donate because you definitely got to check out the one with Harrison Ford where the people at Omaze are talking to like, previous uh people who donated from the first campaign over Skype and then Harrison Ford just like walks by and then starts chatting with them and starts telling about the new campaign and how they can win trips to the premiere. This is some really mm -hmm. funny stuff and this <laughs> yeah. Harrison Ford just be this excited over Star Wars again is so great to see because even three years ago when this got announced that we weren't sure he was coming back, I would never would expected him to be this into it and promoting it and just be genuinely happy to be a part of Star Wars again, even when he was cast. So just seeing Harrison Ford interact with the fans of Star Wars was just great. He had some funny lines. I mean, there was a girl they were talking to had a picture of Chewbacca behind him. He's all, is that your boyfriend? Lady, you could do better than that. <laughs> I know. So yeah, definitely check those out because the JJ one was cool too because like you said, they had all the cast uh, reveal uh, what charities they're helping to promote and that you can donate to. But there was one cast member who didn't share his charity cause, and that was Mark Hamill. <laughs> and JJ's at the end, like, thank you, everybody, but where was Mark Hamill in this video? And he's, like, scratching his chin with that puzzled look on his face. And then at the end, it's there's, like, a tagline that says, to be continued next week or check back next week. For It didn't say to find out the answer, but it kind of gives you the idea that they're going to have something with Mark Hamill next week for Omaze to kind of reveal what his charity project's going to be. So I'm yeah. sure that'll be another fun one to check out. Even though we probably won't get any Luke reveals, just seeing Mark Hamill talk about it should be fun. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm wondering, though, like, what are they going to do with this? Because I don't think they would add that tease at the end and say, come back just in a week just to find out what charity Mark Hamill is supporting. Um, but at the same time, I mean they're not really going to tell us anything about him in the movie or yeah. anything, but I'm wondering if like he might be in part of its costume or like in a Jedi robe or something like that. Like I, I feel like if like, if this turns out to be anything, it's got to give us at least a little bit of a hint as to what's going on with Luke. That's something I could see maybe if he's in his costume, but other than that, yeah, like how much can he really do? <laughs> yeah. Like it's not going to be a new scene from the movie. But yeah, maybe he'll be in his costume or maybe he'll be on Skellig Michael Island or something. Like, yeah, they could have filmed something in the recent shoot he did for episode eight. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> but we'll definitely be there to check it out next week. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when was it that he posted this? Oh, it was uh, the 25th. So yeah, maybe sometime around this Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, something to keep an eye on there. Um, and like I said, if you, uh, you know, if you want to donate to any of those causes, the website for that is oldmaze.com slash Star Wars. So you could enter yourself for a chance to win a trip to, uh, go to the premiere and meet the cast and man, how awesome would that be? So I know, man, <laughs> talk about the ultimate force awakens experience when you're seeing it for the first time <laughs> at the yeah. premiere and then you get to meet the cast. Yeah. Oh man, that would be just unbelievable um but yeah so um i mean there's that stuff going on also george lucas had done a couple of interesting videos recently <laughs> um just talking about star wars to to get on a, a bit of a less happy and excited note here but yeah. um and he did one interview with uh vanity fair where um 
you know, he was talking about sort of what he's doing right now and how he's still going to direct movies, but, you know, smaller ones. And he didn't want to go back and do a big one like Star Wars because he said, you know, you go to make a movie and all you do is get criticized and it's not very much fun and you can't experiment because people like, you know, judge what you're doing before you before they've even seen it and stuff like that. Um and then uh, he did another one with, uh, I guess this was on CBS, um, and you know they did an interview with him where he basically talked about sort of the process of breaking up with Star Wars and moving on, um, and basically talked about how you know he had done the treatments for Episode Seven before he sold the company to Disney, and that they decided that they wanted to do something different um, and not necessarily use those. Although, I mean, we still don't know how much of those story treatments they're using. I think that still has to sort of be the backbone of the movie, but, um, totally agree. Yeah. at the same time, like, you know, they, they diverged a little bit. He maybe, you know, maybe he was kind of, uh, disappointed or hurt by that. Um, and then he said, you know, that they just didn't really have him involved with the movie all that much, which kind of makes sense now that I think about it, because I remember at the time, um, like when J.J. Abrams was hired to direct it, even he was like, yeah, George Lucas reached out to me and said I can call him whenever I or whenever he wants or or, you know, whenever I need him or whatever. Um, and then at some point, um, you know, people were asking J.J. or George, like, uh, you know, have you asked George for advice on this or has J.J. talked to you about this? And it was like, no, not really. Like we've talked a couple of times, but I'm still waiting for him to call me or something like that. Um, and, you know, it's like thinking back on it now I'm like it kind of makes sense that they wanted to kind of just move on and do their own thing because um I mean for George Lucas it's like you sold the company you moved on but then if you want to still kind of be involved in it like you can't kind of have a, a foot in both puddles or whatever um but at the same time you know it is kind of um you know you can understand why he might be a little bit bitter about it or something and for star wars fans it is kind of disappointing to think about like the guy who created star wars like sort of being forced out of it um so yeah i don't know i mean i i know i've talked to some different people about this who have you know varying different opinions on it and some people feel bad for him some people are like you made four billion dollars like sorry i'm not gonna feel sorry for you or anything like that but um i don't know like tim what'd you think about it yeah for me it's I think it's just a shame that, like you were alluding to just a few seconds ago, where the creator of Star Wars, who's still around with us, and there's new movies being made, and not the fact that he's not involved with them, but now he has this attitude where it's like he has he had to break up with it. That's the part where it's still it's kind of hard for me to take where the person who created all this, it's his characters, his universe, but even though he sold the company, I was kind of maybe it was you know too naive to think that it was all going to be like a great relationship still where, you know, they'd use his treatments. JJ would be directing it. They had Lawrence Kasdan, Michael Arndt with the script, but he'd pop on the set every now and then. Like you see like other people involved with their stories and movies that not necessarily are directors, but they drop by, see how things are going. I kind of expected that, but I guess it took a little more of a realistic uh, (laughs) business turn where, you know, they didn't want to use the movies, which is, or his treatments, not, not necessarily just like get rid of all of it because I do agree where they're the basics of his story ideas are still there, but they just changed certain things. But you know, they said they were going to do what Lucas had, and uh, Lucas felt 
I guess part of him is definitely hurt by that because it's, as much as it feels weird for me to hear the creator of Star Wars say things like he's breaking up with the thing he created, imagine how weird it feels for him where the stories he created and laid the groundwork for that they're not necessarily going to use. And for him, it has to feel so weird for being so control and having the final say on everything Star Wars, and now he doesn't. And someone tells him, oh, we're going to do something different with Star Wars. That's got to be so weird for him. He can't say, no, like, it's my, I created it. He doesn't have that power anymore. So mm-hmm. it's no fault of Disney. They can do whatever they want with it. And like you said, you can't really feel too sorry for Lucas because he did sell it. He It was his decision. If he wanted, really wanted to get the movies made the way he wanted to, he would have made episode seven first and then sell it to Disney like his original plan was. But he didn't want to, so he has to live with his decision. I just think it's a shame that he feels this way now about Star Wars. I'm still getting used to <laughs> what I heard those interviews and hearing him say, I'm breaking up with Star Wars. It's something I never thought I would hear from him, even though he did sell the company. I didn't think he'd have to distance himself this much from it. So it was disappointing. At the same time, too, I do find it a little curious that He's saying all this now when we're so close to the Force Awakens release. It's almost like, I don't want to say it's an agenda of his, but it is curious where it, almost like he wants to put himself in the clear if it doesn't turn out right and just hmm. get the word out there that this isn't my story. They wanted to do their own thing to kind of separate himself from it totally. And I'm sure he's not rooting for it to be bad because he's said before where he wants to experience it as a fan and to see it for the first time and be excited about it like every other fan is so i still truly believe that but at the same time it maybe i think that hurt is still there a little bit that they're not using all of his ideas so yeah to me it's weird timing and it's still strange to hear the creative star wars saying he's keeping his distance and he's treating it as a breakup so yeah that's kind of my take on it it's just it's an overall weird situation situation where i wasn't expecting it to go down this way between um, him and Disney, because I even think he's having some regret now about <laughs> selling it when he did. I'm sure he, he wanted to do it eventually, but lay down the groundwork for Episode 7, because if he made that first the way he wanted to, and then sold it to Disney, and they did Episodes 8 and 9, they'd really kind of be stuck to continue the story that he already established in Episode 7, because you right. don't want to confuse people with doing something totally different for the two sequels, even if you didn't like what he did. So, yeah, Nothing he can do about it now. And at the same time, too, we don't know what his original ideas was. So you can't get too mad and saying, oh, they had to use everything Lucas did because maybe what J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan came up with is better. And we're getting the better Star Wars movie for it. So you just don't know. But one thing's for sure, I can't wait to hopefully learn the details as far as what was in Lucas's original treatments and just what got changed down the line, even if it's small or big. So like we said, I think I said this before, too, when... We've heard these first reports about them changing Lucas' story treatments where hopefully there's a big making of book or making of documentary that will go into detail as far as how the process all went down. Because I'm really curious to see what Lucas's original ideas were. Because I know there was, uh, were reports that the main protagonists were going to be younger, not necessarily like Anakin Young, but maybe like 12 or 13, something like that. So I kind of kept thinking maybe if it was like, for lack of a better scenario, like a family trip with Han Solo, Princess Leia, and their two kids, like a family (laughs) adventure type thing. And maybe that was something Disney didn't really want to do because Lucas even said, oh, they wanted to make a movie that was for the fans. And they kind of uh, probably figured fans wouldn't really 
want to see that as the next chapter of the Star Wars movie. So they made them older. They did certain things with Ray and Finn and Kylo Ren. And as far as where they're at and how their ages and I think the relationships are probably still the same of what Lucas created. I mean, I can't be 100% sure, but I think the basis of that is still there. Just they're like, like I said, their age and where they're at in the start of the movie is going to be different from his original treatment. So yeah, it's all another fascinating aspect to this movie. I mean, we're so excited about the movie itself, but at the same time too, I can't wait to learn the behind the scenes stuff because it's, that seems like it can be a movie in itself for everything yeah. that went on. So hopefully we get to find out the truth about everything that happened when Lucas sold it to Disney and when this got in development. Yeah, and I'm sure eventually there probably will be like a whole documentary or something about, you know, restarting the Star Wars franchise and all that. Um, but man, I mean, we've talked, you know, pretty much in depth about, uh, you know, all this movie stuff and George Lucas and everything. Um, so let's get to, bit, to to the big elephant in the room. Um, that we've been riding on for the past couple weeks since it came out. Um, man, we finally have a new Star Wars Battlefront game. It's out. It's in our hands. We've been playing it almost nonstop for the past couple weeks. Um, and I don't know, Tim, you're, you're probably, I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say that um, I'm just loving the crap out of this game. Like, just having so much fun with it. Um, and we've been on, I mean, I've been on like almost every night with anywhere from, uh, you know, one friend, whether it's like you or Paul or one of my other friends from here in town that I know, um, to, uh, you know, and, and you know, there've been some nights where we've had like six or seven or eight people in a group together playing. Um, and man, I mean, aside from just like the amazing graphics and the fun gameplay and everything, I mean, thinking about that. Uh, the live action commercial that we got where you see all the people uh, just doing like various things in their daily lives and they all just start disappearing and getting transported into this Star Wars universe. It feels exactly like that when you're in there with like seven people and, you know, just like all hanging out and chatting and doing your, your battlefront matches and, you know, trying to come up with strategies and teaming up and killing people and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm just having so much fun with this and, even you know, despite the lack of Clone Wars content and space battles and some of this other stuff that we wish was in there, still like part of me feels like this is what I've always wanted from a Star Wars Battlefront game. Ten years is a long time to wait for a sequel to a video game, and rarely do they deliver. And I'm sure opinions will vary on this, but for me, it's delivering. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. it's been such a great Star Wars experience. Like you said, not only just visually, but a big part of it is just getting to play with you and, like you said, our friend Paul from the Force Cast and other, like, your friends that I played with, too. And I've been playing with my brothers in different modes. So just experiencing it with all these different Star Wars fans that I didn't get the chance to with the previous Battlefront games. I know Battlefronts 1 and 2 were online, but we didn't have the Star Wars community <laughs> like we do now with social media and everything and podcasts where we get to know a bunch of different people. So it's that's definitely enhanced the experience. I mean... It's just so great to be able to play a Star Wars game where are either shooting down rebels or stormtroopers, having fun, and we're talking about like the latest Force Awakens TV spots and new interviews that come out while we're playing Battlefront and seeing these awesome Star Wars visuals. So to me, that's a big part of the experience while I'm enjoying it so much. The gameplay is definitely fun. And I know the big criticism is, you know, 
not necessarily all all the modes are necessarily great and you can get tired of what's there but to me i haven't had that fatigue feeling yet i'm still having a blast playing drop zone with you and paul and that's our go-to mode and well that's paul's go-to mode um well i guess when i'm playing with you two that seems the most. <laughs> it seems to be what we're playing all the time yeah. yeah but while just playing that that's still been a blast and i enjoy supremacy and um Fighter Squadron, I mean, I know that's you and me's <laughs> one of our top favorite modes. Maybe not everyone Yeah, else. I gotta say, like, I, and, and I've gotten pretty decent at Battlefront in general. Like, my kill-to-death ratio is 1.08 right now, which, for me, in an online shooter game, like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I like, I've got friends who can tell you, like, I used to suck at, you know, Call of Duty and Halo and all those other kind of games. Mostly because I didn't usually... I mean, I've I've had... I've got like Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 on Xbox 360 and I've got a couple of Halo games, but I've never really been that much into like the online first person shooters and just didn't spend a whole lot of time with them, except for like when I had friends over and, you know, we'd either all play online together or we'd just be playing split screen. Um, But of course, with the, uh, you know, as much time as I've spent playing the first two Battlefront games, like with this one coming out, I knew I was going to put the time in and like play this one a whole bunch and um, you know, learn the maps, learn the weapons, all that kind of stuff. Um, but in general, I mean, I think it seems more accessible and easy to just kind of jump into and pick up and play for like newbie players mm-hmm. than most first person shooters are. Um, but still like, I, I'm happy that I've, you know, gotten some practice, gotten some experience and that I'm, I'm doing better in this, uh, than I usually do in, in first person shooters. But that said, um, I'm a beast in fighter squadron and (laughs) you guys know, like we'll be playing fighter squadron matches and you and Paul are just like, Oh, there goes Kyle. He got the millennium Falcon again and got 15 kills and no deaths (laughs) and you know, whatever. Uh, I swear you're like a magnet to those. (laughs) You start off like five seconds into it. Oh, I'm in the Falcon. Oh, I'm in slave. (laughs) It's good. We're on the same team. It usually means we're going to win, but it's just really crazy that you're able to get those ships so quickly. Yeah. So that 1.08 kill to death ratio is definitely padded by fighter squadron. Like without that, I'd probably be at like 0.8 or 0.9 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, fighter squadron is awesome. I mean, like I was saying, ballot drop zones been what I play with you and Paul the most. And but I think what's great about the game, there's enough other modes in there where it, it's going to keep at least for me and I know us busy for a while because I'm having fun just doing drop zone if that's all we do. But then I really like supremacy mm-hmm. and uh, Walker assault. That depends on the map. <laughs> for yeah, it'd be good. I like the Tatooine map for that. That could be cool. Yeah, then, well, it depends on the map and depends on the team that you're playing as. Because yeah, that's a big. Factor too. Like if you get the Imperials on Endor, you're screwed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then blast mode's really good too, but just good old fashioned deathmatch, team mm-hmm. deathmatch, and that's always fun too. But yeah, just been having a blast with it. And I will say right off the bat, I am not very good. Like you were saying, you're not good at like other online first person shooters. Neither was I, and my lack of skill is still showing. On <laughs> But it's still, I'm still having fun. That's what's great about it. It's not deterring me going, oh, I'm not that good. I'm never number one in the rankings. Why do I even bother? It's still loads of fun. I mean, as long as you help your team win, you'll get some satisfaction, even if you get one kill and 10 deaths. But I think earlier this week when we were playing, we were doing, I think it was Supremacy. I'm not sure, though. But 
it was where I had like 56 deaths and like maybe oh, yeah. like I still had a blast. So <laughs> that's how much I've enjoyed it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forget. It, that was definitely on one of those big maps. And I forget if it was supremacy or Walker assault, but yeah, you, you got, you broke the 50 death barrier. <laughs> See, I could get an achievement just for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, like you said, we're just having so much fun on there. And I mean, I'm so glad that I have so many friends to play with, which this is, and, and this is part of why I say this is what I've always wanted from a Star Wars Battlefront game. And this is why I bought an Xbox three, six or an Xbox one and not a PS4, because I had more friends with Xbox ones who were going to be playing Battlefront. Um, and now, you know, like I said, when I get on and there's like six or seven of us on there, I'm like, yes, like this is what I bought it for. Like, I mean, I think my biggest fear with Battlefront was maybe that it wouldn't be that great. And that maybe like as a, as a gamer and as a huge star Wars fan, like I'd still enjoy it and be playing it a lot, but all my friends would be like, eh, I'm not that into it. And like, I wouldn't have that many people to play with, but no, like I said, like on a nightly basis, um, you know, it seems like I've got at least somebody to play with, if not, you know, a whole squad and we've just been having so much fun on there. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of that could be because it just came out. We're still, it's still been only about two weeks this coming oh, Monday. Yeah. But the cool thing is, we know we got DLC. These uh, I can't even say it, DLC <laughs> coming this week for those who pre-order with the Battle of Jakku, and then we know there's more on the way after that. So even if you know the fatigue of it kind of grows on some people, where they're getting tired of all the maps and stuff. I mean, I'm sure the DLC stuff will come back because. It's going to look just as awesome if we get new planets and new characters to play as what we're experiencing now. And I imagine those who are playing it now are going to want to play it again, even if they do put it away for a while. So, yeah, Battle for sure. going to be lasting for a long time, I think. Yeah. And I mean, I do know some people who have said like, oh, you know, there's not that much stuff in the game or, you know, it's not keeping me interested for that long. And I'm already starting to get tired of doing the same maps over and over again. Um, for me, I don't know that that's ever going to be a problem just because i mean shooting at rebels and stormtroopers and x-wings and tie fighters is never going to get old yeah but i i mean i imagine a month or two months from now like we won't be playing it as much as we are right now just because it's still you know new and exciting and we're, we're still kind of you know swept up in like the newness and the hype of it but um yeah i mean it's just good to know that so many people are enjoying it and playing it and um man yeah like i said we just been having an awesome time with that then you know of course there's the heroes which um you know there's some of the other those other modes like the hero hunt and the heroes versus villains and stuff um which actually we did a, a heroes and villains match last night which uh turned out to be pretty fun i uh got the last kill shooting Han, or shooting boba fett in the head with han solo as he was trying <laughs> to run away because he was like the last villain alive and i was like oh where are you going pow um but yeah, all those guys are really fun. I guess I would say probably my biggest criticism of the game is that um, like with some of the the dialogue and the voice acting for some of the characters. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got Tamura Morrison and Sam Witwer doing the voices of Boba Fett and Emperor Palpatine. So you know those two are going to be really good. Um, I think the guy who does the voice for Han Solo is pretty good. Um, it doesn't sound exactly like Harrison Ford, but I think it's a pretty good impression for a video game character. Um, but then Vader just sounds bad. Like you can tell <laughs> yeah. it's Vader, but it's a bad Vader impression. And then Luke and Leia just sound absolutely nothing like Luke and Leia. <laughs> See, I haven't even gotten a Luke 
hero power up yet, so I don't haven't heard his voice too much, but I totally agree with you about Darth Vader. He just sounds beyond bad to me. I mean, <laughs> it's not that hard to get a Darth Vader like voice impression is in your game. I mean, even the Force Unleashed, I, which isn't my favorite, it's not this bad as it is in Battlefront. So totally agree with you on that. And even some of the dialogue where even just random pilot and fighter voiceovers that you hear while you're playing, they're just reusing old dialogue that you hear in the movies, which is like, uh, to me, seems a little lazy. Where, of course, some of them are on the same planet, so maybe it makes sense, but you could create some new dialogue more often than not than just reusing lines that you hear in A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. So that maybe that was the one area they kind of, uh, I don't know if they rush or just kind of put it on the back burner where it's like, we'll save that for last and just put what we can in there when we need it. So I do agree that is kind of one of the bigger hmm. criticisms for me of the game too. Well, you know what's interesting? Okay, so I just looked this up on IMDB because you mentioned the the guy doing the voice of Vader um, and you're talking about The Force Unleashed. I'm like, yeah, they should have got the guy from The Force Unleashed because I thought that guy was actually pretty good. And I looked this up, and it is the same guy. What? And I'm like, <laughs> what happened? Because he was so much better. In the, he sounded, at least to me, I thought he sounded a lot better in The Force Unleashed. Yeah, I agree. Um, Man, I can't believe that, actually. Yeah, so I don't know what happened there. Maybe they just didn't do a great job of recording it or something. But And I guess, I mean, it's not terrible all the time, but... You know, there's just every once in a while you'll hear him say something and it's like, that just doesn't sound like Darth Vader. Like, what happened? Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. It's still fun to play as Vader, that's for sure. Yeah, I just did a little bit of the hero hunt mode for the first time today because that was the last mode I haven't played yet. And before we recorded, I wanted to make sure I played everything so I could experience all the modes in Battlefront. That was actually pretty fun. I was telling you how the first mode I did, we were on Endor in the forest and it kind of had like a predator feel to it where you're just on the lookout for this powerful being that can kill you like real quickly like with one shot or one blast or something. So you're kind of on edge trying to find him. And then when you do see it, you're just trying to kill him real quick. But it ended up pre- being pretty fun. I was able to kill one of the villains and take control as Darth Vader in that mode. It did pretty well, actually. Didn't get number one, but I think it was number two. So oh, I think cool. I enjoy that one more than the hero versus villains mode. So... Overall, I would say there's not one horrible mode in there where, like, if someone says, let's play this, I won't go, nope, you guys can play that on your own, I'm not doing it. To me, I can get enjoyment out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Droid one was pretty cool, too. That one can go back and forth between someone who's winning and the team that's losing, so you're in constant battle mode there trying to get the last bit of control of those droids before the time runs out, because the tide can change very quickly on that. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And then there's Cargo, where I love Capture the Flag type modes, but this one I got my butt kicked on. (laughs) I don't know if it was just the team I was on. I was playing really good players, but man, I got frustrated with it where I cannot get that Cargo to my base and get the points. And when I tried to guard our own Cargo, I thought I had a good spot. I was picking off players. Ooh, I'm in a good position here. I think I should defend it pretty good. No, I'd get wiped out. And then I try to go back to it. I get wiped out again. So it was like a fluke thing where I was on a <laughs> roll killing these people and defending the Cargo. But I got to try that one again because, I, like I said, I like Capture the Flag modes, but I just got dominated in the modes I played. So I was like, oh, Moving on, maybe I'll come back to it, but haven't went back to it since. So, but I got to try it with uh, playing with you and Paul on there and see how we do on there. Yeah, I was about to say maybe we should try that after this because I that's still one of the game modes that I haven't really tried out much. Um, I will say, I mean, you mentioned Droid Run, and uh, 
I was pleasantly surprised by that. Like when they announced all the game modes, that was one of those ones that I, I heard the description of and was just kind of like, eh, but I think that one is really fun. And like you said, it's, it's really hectic because one moment you can be winning, you know, you can have all the droids in your control and the other teams only got like 20 seconds to capture one before they lose the match. Um, and next thing you know, like they've got two out of three and you're trying to scramble to not let them capture your last one. And, um, all that kind of stuff. So that is, uh, that's a really fun one. Um, and then of course, yeah, like you said, drop zone is fun. Uh, supremacy and Walker assault, just awesome with, you know, those, those huge open maps. I have to say as much as I love the visuals of Endor, like Endor has got to be my least favorite planet in the game to play on just because there's so many trees and stuff. And it's like hard to see where everybody's at. And I always, you know, think I'm running toward an objective or toward an enemy player or something and get killed by somebody who was like hiding in a bush or behind a tree or something. And I like absolutely had no idea they were there. Um, but yeah, I like the, uh, I like that Tatooine map for, uh, for Walker Assault and Supremacy. I've actually gotten pretty good with sniping on there. Um, and you know, Hoth is pretty cool as well too. Um, actually, you know, surprisingly, I haven't done a ton of Walker Assault. Um, yeah, we really haven't. Yeah. Um, I should, you know, get back to doing some more of that too. Cause of course being in the AT-AT is a ton of fun, um, and just blasting people to bits. I will say too, um, besides from the multiplayer stuff, I last few days been doing some more of just the co-op missions that they have on there. They're pretty short, but they're fun too. Like on the speeder bike chase is really cool to play, especially in co-op. And then uh, the snow speeder battle of Hoth training session is really fun too. That's where you actually get to use your uh, harpoon and tow cable to take him down. I wasn't sure how they were actually controls would be for when you get a harpoon on the. AT-AT and try to take it down, but it was actually pretty good. You just kind of kind of balance the icon that's in this bar with the right thumbstick and just make sure it doesn't go over or under that bar. You just got to keep it kind of in the middle. And it's I was expecting the controls to be kind of weird for that because I remember the first two battlefronts, it wasn't really the most intuitive controls for taking down a walker with the tow cable and harpoon. So mm-hmm. I was glad it was a little more simpler in this battlefront, but... Just got to see when you can actually use it in an actual Walker Assault or Supremacy battle because I'm sure it'll be kind of more crazy when you got all these other players trying to shoot you down and other walkers and die fighters and stuff like that. So Yeah, well, you can't do it in Supremacy because Supremacy has vehicles, but they don't have the Imperial Walkers. Um, those, okay. are, those are just in Walker Assault. They okay, have to gotcha. take those out. Um, but yeah, man, I mean... Just, you know, like I said, having a ton of fun with all those game modes. There's also a nice amount of customization, too, with the different uh, power-ups, you know, the cards that they call them, or star cards or whatever, which is like your grenades and secondary weapons and jet packs and all that fun stuff. Um, a pretty good variety of, uh, you know, primary blasters for you to use, too. Um, and then there's a lot of customization for, um, you know, a surprising amount of cu- uh, character customization for a shooter game like this, where you can... Um, unlock and equip all kinds of different like appearances and heads for your character and then you use these different emotes that you can do like when you kill people and then you can you know laugh at them or do a dance or whatever um which (laughs) i've done that a couple of times but you know you have to be careful to make sure like there's nobody else around that's gonna shoot you while you're you know flexing your muscles or whatever (laughs) over the dead body of the guy you just killed because then you end up looking pretty stupid well we did play that fun match where there was nobody on the other team and drop zone. Well, and yeah, that did. Pods, happen. And you just 
you jumped on top and you're doing these dance emotes on it. <laughs> it funny. Well, yeah, I got the, the droid emote, which, you know, your character's like doing the robot dance. Yeah. But they call it the droid, of course, because it's Star Wars. So, yeah, yep. jumped on top of those drop pods and was like, well, there's nobody around, so I'm just going to have a dance party. It was great because we're all the Imperials and it was all Stormtroopers. So everyone would just crowd around a pod and start <laughs> like either shooting in the air, doing their different emotes, and you're on top doing the dance. It was just like great. And then I'm like, what would Darth Vader think if he could see us right now? <laughs> well, if he was there, none of us would have made it back to our, our Star Destroyer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so between, you know, all of that stuff, um, just, uh, yeah, I mean, been having so much fun with it. And then, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's maybe not the most amount of content and levels and stuff in there, but with all the DLC and stuff coming out between the battle of Jakku that's coming out like this week and then, um, the season pass and everything, I'm sure there's going to eventually be you know a lot more content and more variety and stuff honestly for me i mean i'm happy with the amount of multiplayer modes that they have right now and the maps and everything um i kind of wish there was some more diverse uh single player stuff like for the the single player and co-op especially because for the aerial missions and you know i talked about how much i like doing that um there's only one training mission where like you're flying an x-wing through beggars canyon but um, you can't do, uh, like if you want to do split screen co-op with a friend or do a, you know, a versus battle or something like that, there's nothing where you can play against each other in, you know, X-Wings and TIE Fighters. Um, so I wish they had that. I also think it would be awesome if they added a fighter squadron map above, like above the surface of the Death Star. Um, oh, yeah, like great. I know they said they weren't going to add, you know, have space battles and we're just going to keep it to these aerial battles, which... I've been fine with because I'm having a ton of fun with it, but like doing one in space above the death star and just kind of having it the same way, you know, laid out just like they have these planetary battles. It's just, you know, that's no moon below you. Um, <laughs> that would be so cool. But I mean, the thing I love about this, like we knew that dice would get the, the first person shooter aspect of it. Right. Because that's what they're known for. Right. So like we knew that there would be some great gameplay of shooting, uh, you know, stormtroopers and rebels and all that kind of stuff. But the the aspects of it that I was a little less sure about, like the the Jedi heroes and the the aerial battles and all that kind of stuff, that I was like, and eh, let's see how they do with this. They freaking nailed it. Um, at least in my opinion. I mean, I know, like, I had read some articles and stuff where, um, you know, from some early impressions, like at E three or whatever. Uh, where people were talking about like flying the X-Wings and TIE Fighters, and it was on Hoth on the Walker Assault map that they had. And some people were like, eh, the controls aren't that intuitive, and it takes some getting used to, and that kind of worried me. But then once I got that in my hands and was you know flying the ships around, I'm like, this might not be what other people are used to, but this control scheme is pretty much exactly how I used to have my controls laid out in Battlefront 2. Um, so I'm totally used to this. That's probably why I'm, you know blowing away people in fighter squadron i'm like this is how i've always been flying the whole time so um, yeah i was one of those people even with the beta i was like uh i don't not i do not like the controls of the ships and i don't know how good i'm gonna be with it but now that i've got more familiar with it as i played it i i love it now it's i mean it's just simple you basically control the whole uh movement of the ship with the right thumbstick and once you get familiar with it it's really comfortable and like you i've gotten 
really, not want to say really good, but Fighter Squadron is one of my better modes that I play on. It's just real fun, too. It looks great to begin with. When you see whatever ship you're flying out as, as an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter or A-Wing, seeing it just go in with the clouds and you're going into the, like you see the battle going on in the distance as you're making your way through it, going through the clouds. It just looks so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. we say this a bunch as we're playing. When you're in an X-Wing, and you're shooting at a TIE fighter, and you're going down, and you're looking at the environment below you, and you're shooting a TIE fighter, it almost looks exactly as that shot from the Force Awakens trailer where he shoots down a yes. TIE fighter. Yes. I know what they were going for when they were developing this game. Well, one has that ultimate Star Wars experience and make you feel like you're in the movies. When that happens, that as you're playing the next one, shooting on the TIE fighter, I got that feeling, and I'm sure that's what they were going for, and it delivers. So moments like that is what makes the game really special. So... Yeah, yeah. little things like that is what just makes a, a win in my mark. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember, like, before the game came out, during all the, the promotional, especially, like, the social mar- social media marketing and stuff, and I'd see them, like, replying to people's comments on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and they'd always talk about, like, live out your Star Wars, your, your Star Wars battle fantasies with Star Wars Battlefront, and I felt like they overused that phrase so much to the point where, like, I got tired of hearing it. Um, you know, I, I, I think even, like, when I got my Xbox One, I tweeted a picture of it and was like, okay, I've got my Xbox, now I'm just waiting for Star Wars Battlefront to come out, and they replied to it, and they were like, awesome, Kyle, like, you know, live out your Star Wars battle fantasies on November 17th. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've heard you guys say that like a million times. But now actually playing the game, it's totally true. Like, that's exactly what we're doing, and I love it. Yep. Like I said, all they need now, is we know we're getting Force Awakens content, and whether it's Battlefront 2 or DLC stuff, we get prequel planets and characters. That's going to be the ultimate package and we'll truly truly be able to live out all our star wars fantasies once that happens but it's on the right path we just need more of what they have already so i'm just looking forward to what's coming next yeah i think for as far as prequel content i think that should be in a sequel instead of just dlc and the reason i'm saying that is because i i guess mostly because of the droids on like what would be the separatist side in you know in clone wars battles because if you think about the way the game is laid out now um, they don't have classes of soldiers like the old Battlefront games did. It's just, yeah, sure. you know, you're either playing as like a standard rebel trooper or a stormtrooper, and then you just switch out your different blasters. You can add, you know, a shield or a jetpack or, you know, whatever kind of grenades you've got um, and customize it that way. Um, but for the rebels in the Empire, that makes sense. But for the Clone Wars, especially with the droids, it's like you've got the regular battle droids, you've got the super battle droids, you've got the destroyer droids. And now with um clone wars and everything you know they could even add like commando droids or magna guards or something like that um and so i don't know if those would just be different appearance skins or if that would be you know something that they'd have to add different gameplay mechanics for and then of course with battle droids like they don't usually have all the different kind of weapons that you know i mean it's it's hard to imagine like a skinny little battle droid running around with like a huge chain gun or something like that you know some of the weapons that we've been using in battlefront so um i don't know but i'm sure they could make it work and i really hope that that happens at some point um you know either through dlc or whether it's just in a sequel they haven't made an official announcement of a sequel yet but there was uh, some interview this past week with like an EA executive who said that uh, they're planning on making multiple Battlefront games, which isn't a surprise at all because I'm sure this game has already made them a ton of money. And um, I mean, 
<laughs> heck, they make a sequel, I'm going to buy it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see what else is coming down the line from sequels and DLC and everything. I, I'm sure we're going to get some Force Awakens content, and I cannot wait to do a hero battle with Kylo Ren and Finn. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, so far so good. Like I am just enjoying the heck out of this game right now and super happy with it. Yeah. And I think I know the answer to this, but now that we've had it for almost two weeks and I've been waiting to ask you until we actually were recording the podcast, do you have your definitive favorite mode in Battlefront? Is it fighter squadron or do uh... you still haven't decided fully yet well i mean on the one hand i feel like it has to be fighter squadron because i've had so much fun with that but on the other hand it's like that's not really what the essence of the game is about you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it it, first and foremost is a first person shooter even though i play in third person all the time but you know what i mean um like it's not really focused on the aerial combat which is why i'm so happy that they got that right but it it feels almost like a, a little side like mini game or something like that because you spend so much more time like on the ground fighting as troopers and stuff um but i mean i i guess i probably would say that fighter squadron is my favorite mode but beside that um i think i would have to either go with drop zone or supremacy um for my second day i'm I, I would probably go with drop zone um, and I like Blast too, but Drop Zone is basically like Blast with objectives, so you kind of have somewhere to aim to. I mean, I like Blast, but at the same time, just kind of wandering around aimlessly looking for enemies, uh, you know, sometimes can be kind of hit or miss. But like with Drop Zone, it's like, okay, I know where all the enemies are going for, but, you know, so, it, it, but it's not so easy as like, you know, exactly where they're going to be. It's like, they could be going for the pod. They could be hiding somewhere, waiting to kill people going for the pod. But, you know, it just kind of gives you a, a sense of direction, I feel like. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I would say Fighter Squadron number one, Drop Zone number two, Supremacy number three. Yeah, I think we're going to be kind of similar, but I agree with what you're saying about Fighter Squadron. You know, I like that <laughs> very, very much. But it is almost like a... I guess you said mini game or almost like a side mode because like you said yeah. it's not the main thrust of Battlefront but at the same time too it's so great that they were able to pull it off or it is a fun mode that we could go to and play to get something different but to me I think I'm going to have to go for my number one is probably going to be Supremacy because that's kind of what Battlefront's all about just big battles with st- scenarios where you can just get lost looking at the chaos that's going on you got walkers going down and you got fighters fighting up above you and you're trying to stay alive as a soldier on the ground shooting troops and you got hero pickups that you can do and just the stuff that you can do it's so fun trying to get a team together to take over the zone when you're just taking out the enemies and you're barging into their controlled territory you take them out and then you control the base and then you move on to the next one and then but you can get into a ship and defend your uh, team that way get rid of some enemies that are causing trouble in the zone you're trying to control. And then also, too, you just never know what can happen because we were playing one night on Hoth. I'm just walking around, and there's these uh, players and ships battling, and when TIE Fighter crashes down right in front of me, it's like, <laughs> oh, shoot. Like I'm surprised I didn't get killed by it, but it just looks so awesome to see the TIE Fighter fall right in front of you. It just That's what... I, again, what they're trying to go for, create these crazy battles that you would expect to be in the Star Wars universe. And it captures that in Supremacy, I think, better than any other mode. Because Walker Assault, again, on certain maps, it can be fun. And it can be just a little 
I don't know, too difficult depending on the scenario of where you're at and what team you're on. So, and just, just with the objective base of trying to shut down the, you know, panels to get the Y wings activated and all that, if you're on the Imperial side, and then if you're the rebels, you're trying to get those Y wing consoles activated. So I think supremacy is just better where you're, you're just trying to control a zone and just take out as many enemies as possible and just enjoy the chaos around you. So mm-hmm. I'd probably go with Supremacy, then Fighter Squadron, then Drop Zone as my top three. Yeah, and, and I totally hear what you're saying about Supremacy too, where it just feels like the biggest like all-out warfare mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even probably one of my favorite moments that I've had so far while we were playing was that we were doing a Supremacy match on Tatooine and I spawned as a stormtrooper, happened to spawn right next to the hero pick, the, the power-up that you get to play as a hero. So I went for that, played as Darth Vader. Within, a, you know, 30 seconds or something, Luke Skywalker had found me. And we're there having a lightsaber battle in the middle of this big battle <laughs> with a bunch awesome. of stormtroopers. And uh, I got the upper hand and, you know, was doing some damage to him and then suddenly he's pushing me back and I'm like oh crap I can't do anything and Luke's about to kill me and then I think I like force choked him and like just got a second to get out from this rock that he had pinned me on and then I finished him off and it was (laughs) like man that was epic my only regret is that I hadn't figured out yet how to record gameplay clips because I totally wish I had recorded that but now I know how to do that so if it ever happens again I'll record that clip and upload it somewhere yeah, I haven't experienced that yet. I'm just happy when I do get a hero or villain power up. Just try to get as much, do as much damage as I can. Even if you're, you don't get the hero power up, it still just looks cool visually. Like you see Darth Vader appear on the map and you're a stormtrooper and then you're following him around as his legion of troops <laughs> defending him and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just really cool to see that visually and just fun to when you're playing as a stormtrooper to experience that. So again, those little things is what makes uh, Supremacy my favorite mode. Just when you add them all together just such a great package of fun when you're playing that mode yeah and like i said that's what i love most about the game in general too it's not just that they made a good shooter but that they got all those little additional star wars things right i mean we knew they were going to get the visual like look and feel of it right but um just like how much fun it is to play as the heroes or to team up as a whole group of people and try to take out the heroes or to fly a starship or anything like that i mean also um, you know, I know I already talked in a, a lot about how much I love Fighter Squadron, but I just have to point out specifically that the Millennium Falcon and Slave One are just absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, especially I love just like spawning as the Falcon and just looking at it as it's flying in because it looks so freaking cool. Um, <laughs> also with Slave One, I just love the sound of the engines and the sound of the blaster fire yeah. as you're you know chasing around X-Wings and shooting them down. Um, I have to say, though, Tim, like I, I need to do more fighter squadron with you guys because I was playing on my own the other night. And uh, when you f- play as those hero ships, like people get on you pretty quick and they are I mean, they they can take a ton of damage. Like it's almost unfair how powerful these hero ships are. It takes a lot of effort to bring them down, but it can be done. And I was having matches where like I was in the Falcon and there would just be like two or three TIE fighters that would just stay on my tail and not leave. And, you know, I'm like flipping and doing stuff to (laughs) evade their missiles and they're still just like right behind me. And I'm like, man, I can't talk to anybody on my team right now. Like I need my party with me so I can ask somebody to shoot these guys down and, you know, give me some cover fire. You know, that's a small thing, but to me, that's something I love in fighter squadron where 
I haven't played too many like either flight simulator games or other type of Star Wars games that are online and you have dogfight battles. I've something I always wanted when you're on a team, you're having a dogfight battle, but then someone's in trouble and they call for help, and then you go over there and you get the ship that's firing at them, you take them out, just like you see in Star Wars. And I've always wanted to experience that online because it's even as a little kid, I'd always loved the space battles and like pretending to be in those situations. So to be able to do that in Fighter Squadron and to have it actually work well, because we've had those instances where you being in the Falcon or Slave One, you say, Tim, can you get these fighters off my back? I'm having some trouble. Then I go in there and sometimes they don't take them out, but sometimes they take me out first. But I just like having that little small touch of, you know, creating that fantasy that we talked about that you're mm-hmm. actually in the ships, like helping your partner out in a do or die situation. So little things like that, it works really well in fighter squad. And which is another reason why it's my second favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a little hard to do that, like in an X-wing or a tie fighter or something. Cause if you've got somebody like, and they're good and they're right on your tail, like you're not going to last that long. Um, yeah. But yeah, with the Falcon or slave one or something, it's like not so much that I'm in trouble as it's just annoying that these guys keep shooting at me and like eventually they're going to kill me if I don't get rid of them. So yeah, it's like, all right, guys, I need some backup here. Um, and yeah, it is cool that you can, you know, coordinate like that and it's a lot of fun. So um, yeah, I mean, long story short, I love Star Wars Battlefront and I don't know about you, Tim, but I think maybe we should uh, wrap up the episode pretty soon here and get back and play some more of it before we got to go to bed tonight. I think it's about time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, um, man, thank you guys for tuning in Um, again. Like I said, with the uh, that thunder quack thing earlier, um, the the gift giveaway that we're having, um, you can check that out at uh, I don't think I actually gave the website for the Patreon page. So that is uh, patreon.com slash thunderquack. Um, you can head over there and, uh, you know, if you feel like donating to support our podcast and uh, the other podcasts that are part of our network, you can uh, maybe have a chance to score some pretty sweet prizes. Um, also, you know, you can always get in touch with us on social media. Um, through you know Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars the saga continues. Um, we're at Star Wars TSC on Twitter. You can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com and uh, you can check out our website Star Wars TSC.com. Um, speaking of which, I forgot to ask you, Tim, did we get any uh, you know listener responses or comments or anything for this episode that we wanted to read on here? Um, actually, we did. I'm glad you caught it before we fully finished. <laughs> yeah, I caught that myself right there. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to get some other feedback on Star Wars Battlefront. So on Facebook, we got two comments, one from our pal Joey Letson, who says, I'm really loving Battlefront. It's a great game to play for hours or just for 10 minutes when I just have a few minutes to play. As for The Force Awakens, I've continued to enjoy every trailer TV spot. Even though I have read many spoilers, I feel like they're very little. I think that those who are worried that seeing a new trailer will ruin their experience have nothing to worry about. The trailers still show nothing of the plot compared to trailers we've had to the past. Revisit the prequel trailers to see what I mean. There's actually lots of spoilers in those. And then we got one from Martin Alman who says, I may not be a seasoned video game player like many of my friends, but I love Battlefront. I find it to be a perfect balance between an advanced shooter and a fanboy or a girl love letter to Star Wars. I believe this to be an instant classic as long as the eventual DLC packs the same punch. I did get the season pass after all. I was also lucky enough to wait till Battlefront came out to get the Darth Vader PS4 console. It is without a doubt the most beautiful console I've ever owned, but I might be biased. And he says, for the Force Awakening news, I love it all, but I'm going to officially stop watching any new TV spots. 
I'm starting to see the threads of the story coming together. So I'm going to just wait the three weeks and see what the film has in store. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and may the force be with you. So glad to hear that Martin and Joey are loving Battlefront as much as we are. And again, being excited for just being three weeks away for the force awakens. So it's a good time right now in the Star Wars universe as fans <laughs> to have all this awesome stuff in our plate to, that we're experiencing now and what we're going to look forward to in just three weeks. So it's mm-hmm. just fantastic. Yeah, for sure. I have to say, though, when Joey said, like, it's a great game to play for an hour or just 10 minutes when you only got a few minutes to play. When I've only got a few minutes to play, I end up playing for an hour anyways. Um, <laughs> I can't play just 10 minutes of Battlefront. It's so um, true. I mean, but he's right, though, because it is you just do, like, a quick fighter squad demo if you'd have to. And I know if I had experiences already, I could probably stay on for an hour. Three hours later is when yep. I'm finishing. So. Dude, that's me every night. It's like... You know, you say you're going to do one more match, but then you jump into the middle of a match and it's like, okay, one more full match. And then you do that one. And then the next match after that is like your favorite map. So it's like, okay, I'm going to stick around for this one. And then you get to a new rank and unlock a new weapon. And it's like, okay, one more match and I'm going to try this new weapon out. Yeah. Or you do terrible and like, I can't go out that way. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I've had a lot of those too. Um. But yeah, so thanks guys for tuning in with your comments. I'm, you know, I'm uh, hoping you're having as much fun playing Battlefront as we are. Wish we could play with you guys, Martin, Joey, but uh, you're both over there on the PS4 side. So, um, and man, like, I mean, you guys know I was tempted to get that PS4 Vader console. Yeah, um, I, I still want to get it. <laughs> that thing looks awesome. But, um, you know, knowing that I had, uh, you know, Tim and a bunch of other friends on Xbox One, I was like, I think I'm going to go with that one. And like I said, I do not regret it because we have had so much fun on there. Yeah, that's so good. Um, <laughs> Everything we were hoping for when we first got that announcement at E3 2013 and it mm-hmm. delivered. So all our expectations, yep. for the most part, I've said all the complaints and worries I had in previous podcasts about the lack of prequel and story campaign. So without saying that, it's delivered on everything else that we were hoping for. Yeah, for sure. Um, and even, you know, delivered enough to make up for that lack, I feel like. Um, and also, you know, like I said, knowing that with, with sequels and DLC and stuff, we'll get that stuff eventually, hopefully. Um, but yeah, and then, I mean, as far as the Force Awakens stuff, you know, I'm kind of getting to that point now where I too might be feeling like maybe I want to be done with the TV spots. Um, but at the same time, I kind of feel like I'm saying that, but then the next time one comes out, I'm probably just going to watch it. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to be at Disneyland most of this next week coming up. And then once I get back from there, there'll be like two weeks till the movie comes out. So maybe I'll be able to kind of just tune out from all the the TV spots and rumors and stuff. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. In the words of Anakin, you will try. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, using one of my own favorite quotes against me. (laughs) Not one of my like favorite star wars quotes but just one of my favorite ones to use because like anytime somebody says they're gonna like school me in a video game or something like that i'm always like you will try (laughs) it does come in handy and is appropriate a lot of times yep um well anyway uh yeah thank you guys for uh for sending in your comments uh like i said for the rest of you guys you know we love to keep hearing from you and interacting with you and all that stuff so thank you for tuning in enjoy star wars battlefront hang in there for the next three weeks until the force awakens comes out um like i said we'll try to do one more short episode before that movie comes out actually that'll kind of be um 
that might be like a little bit more of like a listener appreciation kind of episode. We might, uh, you know, put out some questions and do kind of like a mailbag episode and just kind of look back on three years leading up to to the new movie. But it's not going to be another like two or three hours of um, discussion and speculation and all that kind of stuff. It's just going to be like, hey, guys, the movie's almost out. This is going to be awesome. Um, and then, uh, you know, again, like I said, in about three weeks or so, we'll be back with our big force awakens episode so um until next time we will see you guys later and may the force be with you see you next time everybody we're gonna go play some more battlefront yes we are